Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Good afternoon, and welcome back to uh, the Brewing Network session. The Sunday Show, the official Brewing Network hoopla that we do every week for you, except for on the weeks that we don't do it, which was like last week. So sorry about that, but we're we're back in an action. I like the way you describe things. It's good, right? Yes, it's good. Where great. I just uh, am like extremely redundant and say a bunch of things that don't need to be said. Yeah. That's except for the times when we're not here, we're here. But when we're not here, we're here also. That's broadcasting 101 for you, JP. When you have Thank nothing you. else to say, just repeat things in different sentences. So you're saying I should repeat things. <laughs> yeah, in different sentences. In a way that I haven't done before. Exactly. Oh, man, I'm a brilliant guy. Doc knows the tricks. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Doc. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Feels like a, forever since we've been here. Yeah. Every time we take a week off, it does. It feels like it's been a month. Yeah. It was a good month, though. Like, it felt good to not be here last week, i got to admit. And uh, I was in Las Vegas, so that's part of the reason. I actually forgot we didn't have a show did last you, week. I was getting geared up? up to go. No, I was getting geared up to go. I go, yeah. You didn't, you didn't uh, you know, email me with uh, topics or anything. I think, hmm. Yeah. I think light went off and said, oh, okay. <laughs> See, the, we, uh, Doc and I plan sometimes, though, and I always tell him, you know, Doc, I won't tell your wife if you don't, if we don't have a show on Sunday. Yeah, that went through my mind, too. If you want to, like, head down to the Gold Club and uh, <laughs> yeah. just say you're going to the Sunday show, and, and no skin off my balls. Right, yeah. You know. Do a little evaluation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do some recruiting. Well, unfortunately, there is no stripper chat moderator this week. We're still working on it. It's going to be a long and intense process. Hey, uh, give me a dollar bill. See what happens. Uh, JP is once again your chat moderator. Hello. And this week he has uh, he has mod superpowers. Uh, the so, velvet hammer. Yeah, I gave him the uh, the silk glove velvet hammer combination. <laughs> actually, <laughs> so uh, if you act like a dick today, he's gonna just kick you right out of the chat room. And uh, I have a feeling everyone's gonna be real nice. Anytime they get Henri one week, everybody comes back like little rabbits the next week. So does that mean if they act like a dick to JP or just just to each other? 
Uh, I think that JP is going to have to make the call on that. Sometimes I don't care if you act like dicks to each other. Uh, hey, the only thing I do care about in there, though, guys, is uh, new folks come and use the yep. chat room. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com, hit the chat now button. If you're a podcast user, this is something you're missing out on. It's really a good experience and a good part of our show. Uh, half the fun takes place in the chat room. But you guys that are in there every week, you know, just make sure you keep the environment nice and, and friendly for the newcomers. You don't want to scare away the new folks. Yeah, and it's not that, you know, new folks, it's not that, that anybody's mean to you. Uh, it's just that some of those guys in there are real good friends. And uh, before you know it, there's dick jokes flying around and everyone, every other person is a is a fag and all sorts of weird stuff. And I don't like censorship, so I'm not going to take out cursing or anything else. Um, just be nice to the new people. All right? you gotta you got to make the uh, environment warm and, and friendly. Because the point of the chat room, remember, is that you can pass questions along to us, uh, to our guests and whatever the topic is. So make sure that it stays conducive to that, and then I don't care what you do. Uh, they want to know if you won anything in Vegas. No, I. Or if, you, uh, if you bummed money on the street from a stripper to gamble, I'd I blew a stripper for uh, cash. <laughs> uh, that's how badly I lost. I ended up blowing a stripper. Uh, yeah, I lost everything that I touched, and I didn't. Like, I never really go with a lot of money anyway. And, Did you go pee? And certainly not now. Yeah. Uh, I, I every quarter I put in, every dollar I put down. Every beer I drank. Yeah, <laughs> I you lost, lost your beer too. Yeah. Oh man! So at one point, after after losing for a couple of days, Doc, I just went and sat in this dueling piano bar and watched these guys make like three thousand oh. dollars in like four or five hours doing their shtick, their dueling piano shtick. Yeah, you know, you go and they're just like you go to piano bar and they're supposed to be able to play everything that you call out, any request right. you make. If you're a good piano bar guy, you can play it. And I used to think that that's where all the money was. That's not where the money is. Yeah. Not only could these guys do that, but they had this really clever gig going on where they would get one side of the room to fight with the other side of the room, and they would fight monetarily. Like who, like the highest bidder gets the song. So, for oh, example, wow. it's it's March Madness right now. So you got a bunch of Ohio fans on one side saying, "Hey, can you play the Ohio State song?" You got a bunch of uh, I don't know uh, Kansas fans on the on the other side, and uh, so the guy starts playing Ohio State. The Kansas fans get pissed. And they pay more for him to stop and play the, <laughs> and they go back and forth, and, and they did this like men against women too. So like one guy's just telling like chauvinist jokes and singing, you know, born in the USA and just a bunch of man stuff. The other guy's singing, uh, girls just want to have fun and Vogue. I, I don't know what else. And he, he they pit the men against the women in the bar over a course of fifteen minutes. I watched them make over four hundred and fifty bucks. By getting these drunk idiots That's incredible. to pay Getting hundreds of dollars yeah. at a time. No, don't play the man song. Play the chick song. And I'll sit there going, man, I'm in the wrong business. I mean, that's doctor money right there, Doc. 15 minutes, 450 bucks. That's surgeon stuff right there. That's oh, yeah. doc money. And you don't even get your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't have to do anything. They're so, just singing songs. For 450 bucks in 15 minutes, some people have to say, you should floss more. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. true. I don't know or what that put means. your pants Because he's on. a dentist. I see. Yeah, it was a dental <laughs> joke. I gotcha. Jesus. So anyway, uh, yeah, long story long. Uh, it was a good time, but I lost all my cash, and I sat there and got drunk in the piano bar instead. And, uh... I was all right with that. It was fine. It was a good time. Today's show, everybody, is a good show, one that uh, people have been asking for for a while. And we've done it in a couple forms before, but uh, we're really focusing this time. It's a two-part series on brewing for competitions. So today, with Dr. Scott and Jamil's going to Skype in and help us out in oh, the next cool. segment, uh, we're going to cover uh, how to brew 
a good beer for competition, how to carbonate and package that beer, and how to ship the beer. And those are the things today. A few of you already posted um, some uh, questions in the forum, which I've got, and uh, a few others are in the chat room already sending questions to us. You can call us, 888-401-BEER, join in the chat to ask questions, or Skype us, which I hope is, is working, uh, at the Brewing Network. Did it fix itself? No, I saw that it, uh, it it definitely broke itself, as my computer's on the fritz, and uh, I have a lot of different sound cards, and they got all mixed up, and I, I put them back in order. So okay. Should be working. I tested it, wasn't wor- it. It wasn't working last time. You couldn't get it to work. And yeah. I don't know if you've even done anything since then. <laughs> no, I did. In fact, I was really pissed off at it. So the next day, I uh, I, I beat it with a hammer and started working. So, cool. Uh, all should be good. Those are the ways you can ask us questions today on our Brewing for Competition, Part 1. And then uh, not next week, but the week after, we'll be doing Brewing for Competition, Part 2. Okay. Uh, and for that... Actually, uh, we're gonna encourage you to send us some beer, um, because we're gonna ju- we're gonna do some beer judging. We're gonna have a couple of different BJCP certified judges in here. We're gonna have Jamil and hopefully Kevin Pratt also. That'd be good. We're gonna come in here and we're gonna do some judging right here in the studio and talk about uh, some of the flaws and different things uh, uh, that you can the judges will find in your beer, so that you know how you know you can start to predict a little bit how you're gonna do in competition and what you need to improve and all of that. This week, we've got a BJCP judge for you to help us evaluate a couple of things. In uh, Randy Griggs is with us today, and he works over at More Beer. He's a BJCP-recognized judge, and he's going to help us out a little bit later. We're going to evaluate JP's beer. Doc. Yeah. I have, uh, Let's get brutal. Yeah. I have four beers and a mead. And a mead. Yeah. Really? And a mead. I, we've so already had some... It depends on how uh, you want to go. Okay. Well, well, maybe we'll do them all. Can you judge Mead also? Yeah? Randy says, uh, hell yeah, I can judge Mead. Okay. Uh, so we'll do that then uh, just a little bit later in the show. We might do that in the second segment. Um, or we might not because I tend to forget about that shit until real late. <laughs> Uh huh. So that's what we're going to do today, and and like I said, in two weeks we're going to do the part two. Uh, next week's show is going to be fun, Doc. Uh, we got a we've got craft brew royalty in the studio with us next week. As far as I know, did, I didn't know you remember his name. Uh, I do remember his name, and as far as I know, I don't think he's been on any other show. I think we're gonna it's going to be an exclusive. I could be wrong about that, but uh, he is a pioneer. He is like one of the pioneers of the craft of craft beer movement. We've got Pete Schlossberg of Pete Wicked Ale coming. In. Yeah, he's no longer uh, he's no longer with Pete's Wicked. But what we're going to get out of him is the, is really you know starting the craft beer movement back then, opening up a craft brewery and making some funky brews when nobody else was doing it. I remember when Pete's Wicked. Hit. I mean, it just took took everything by storm. Yeah, everybody was drinking it. It was the thing, and yeah. he had all the different kinds, and, uh, and and people just, especially college kids, you know. Oh, that's that's right when I was in college. Yeah, you know, it's just it just hit hard. People just went nuts for it, and uh, he did real well with Pete's Wicked, and uh, and sold it off, and did real well. Got out Pete's at the right Wicked. time. Yeah, uh, but I think he's going to be a great interview. He's a real nice guy, and I'm just real curious about how he started that whole thing. So he's with us next. Uh, he's coming in, like in the well, studio. Well, uh, I'm hoping so. I, I don't know yet. Okay. He he may we may do a phone thing. I'm trying to get him to come on down here. He's a friend of Sully's too, so we just got to tell him it's a lot more fun to hang out in here. He only lives like is. in South Bay. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to try that. So that'll be uh, next week, and then the week after will be the part two of today's show. So again, 888-401-BEER is our phone number. Join us in the chat room or Skype us to ask uh, all your competition-related questions. All right, uh, a couple other announcements. Uh, there wasn't a, a March newsletter. I know I said on the last show I was going to get it out in a couple of days. 
you know, but I didn't. So uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put March and April together, and uh, it'll pretty much just look like April. <laughs> but I'll put March on the title. <laughs> so uh, that's what's gonna happen. Uh, hopefully, another week or two, I'll have that out to you. So if you signed up and you haven't gotten it, it's not your fault. It's mine. Um, no, correct that. It's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's always somebody else's fault. Right. Uh, another announcement. I'm going to announce my announcement because I'm not doing the official announcement yet. See, I'm doing it again, JP. Yeah, this is very good. Uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I've got some official anniversary show information to give out on today's show, Doc. Cool. Yeah, so I'll be giving that out a little bit later in the show. You're of course, he's to. not giving it out yet. Nope, yeah, stay tuned. He keeps calling tease or yeah, lead, right? That's my teaser. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're a good radio guy. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. If I was in television, every segment I did would have a to be continued at the end of it. <laughs> I love those. It's like the news. The bad thing is, is you forget to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. I like to be continued. I'll make sure I get that to you <laughs> at some point. Uh, so I'll be telling you, uh, I've got some great information about the anniversary show. I'll be telling you a little bit later. And finally, I, I want to talk about, um, the, the podcasts up on iTunes and all the different podcast programs and all that. I never really cared about the the ranking part of it. You know, you get ranked uh, a by your popularity, but also people can like leave comments and people can vote for you, like on Podcast Alley and stuff like that. And it's always nice when people leave comments. That's that was always cool to see, and and good and bad. I didn't care, but I never thought it was mandatory. But in thinking about it, it actually is great for our sponsors if they can see us high in the rankings and stuff, which we sure. uh, would be if I uh, if I if I guess I made a point of you guys going ahead and voting. So I just wanted to mention, you know, both for the Jamil show and this show. Don't worry about lunch me because I'm not selling. Out to anybody? Uh, hey, fine. Wouldn't that be great if that'd be your, you know your number one ad revenue? If kind like of show? out of the blue, someone yeah, yeah picked up lunch meat above any other show. Never, yeah. never gonna happen. Oh man, it's a nice dream. Um, please <laughs> go ahead dream. and and vote and leave comments on any of the things because it really does help. I guess uh, Jamil and I were talking about it and and when we can show to our sponsors that people are really responding and are excited about these things, um, uh, then it, it'll it'll help out. So if you guys can do that, uh, please do. It'd be it'd be Helpful. Get us on the charts. Yeah. I mean, we're on the charts anyway. I think we were number two on some really great chart this really? week. Yeah, some, uh, somebody sent me a, a picture of it because I never go looking at that stuff. But someone sent me a picture of it. I said, oh, that's great. We're, we're numbered. We're second. Two of two. Yeah. yeah. We're numbered. We're the first last place. We have a number. Yeah. That's what my dad used to say. What, that you have a number? No. That, first last place. That second is just the first. First loser. Yeah, yeah bro. I love you, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, son. (laughs) All right, loser. You've got mail. Let's do some feedback, folks. A lot of email I'm not going to read this week. Bunch of pissed off email about us taking the last Sunday off. Really? We get that. What Uh, else are they going to do with no pants on? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. Got their pants off and nothing to do. Do got a few things here, though, today. Uh, this is from Eric. He says, I brewed a kick-ass Belgian ale, and I wanted to enter it in competition in April, so I need to get my beer there with as little oxidation slash contamination as possible, but I have no experience with competition. I'm considering a counter-pressure bottle filler. Oh. But not, I'm, I'm not sure if it's absolutely necessary. I'm psyched that you're doing a competition series and can't wait for the show. And that's from Eric. Uh, Eric, we will be covering counter-pressure fillers later in the show, won't we, Doc? 
Yes, we will. And we'll talk all about that. And there's a couple different kinds of them, and some believe in them, and some don't. And we'll be talking about all that. So, vigorously, vigorously, we will. So, hang in there. Here's another one. Hey, Justin, I noticed on the forum that you're doing a two-part series on competition brewing. Recently, our club has decided that we've grown to the point that we want to host our own competition, and we're in the beginning stages of organizing that right now. There are several clubs nearby that are willing to provide support for us, but I was wondering if you'd ever given any thought to doing a show about organizing. A competition. There's so many things that go into it, and many people don't think about uh, until it's too late. So maybe you could have a, comp- a competition organizer as a guest and milk him for all he's worth. Thanks for all your uh, radio shows done for my brewing and many others. And that's from Mike. It's a good idea, hey Doc. Yes. Uh, I think we will do a competition organizing show. We have several people uh, to our available to us who have done some pretty big competitions. JP helps organize and run the B3 Forum competition every year. Uh, Probably not this year. I'm actually giving that all to Kevin Pratt. You are? Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, well, he's another guy. Times, I think yeah. we'll try to get Kevin. We'll get Jameel. But you've done it a couple times. Yeah. Doc, you've done some organizing. So who knows? Maybe we could make this a three-part competition series, I guess. And we'll make part three, uh, how to organize a comp. Yeah, that'll work. We can do that. Yeah. So uh, great email, great feedback, and a uh, good idea. We'll do that. All right, here's a good one, Doc. Justin, you worthless douchebag, asshat, ramen noodle eating, moneyless, Daniela-less, no talent hack. I mean that in the nicest way, or whatever. I'm drunk, he says. <laughs> uh, you made my week an even shittier time by not having a show last Sunday. As bad as it is, your worthless show helps keep me from hanging myself in the warehouse every week. While I occasionally catch a few minutes live, I usually download the archive on Monday evening and listen to it at work on Tuesday. This week, I had no fucking new show. To make matters worse, my supervisor moved me to a different position Monday, and I had to learn a new job. My new position hands me three days of work and one day. Uh, if it weren't for my coworkers coaxing me down from the shelves in the warehouse, I might not be here to write this piece of hate mail. I know Daniela is gone, but take your fucking Prozac and get, out, get your ass in the studio so the rest of us can stop taking ours. And that's from Trev Moon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. We've got people's life in our hands. We do. And Doc didn't refill my prescription of Prozac this last Thanks. week, so that's why I went to Vegas. The little blue tank is empty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was actually no particular reason other than I had to go visit some family that we didn't do the show last week. And I'll tell you what, that's going to happen from time to time. And um, you know, nobody likes it, but... Shit happens. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. <laughs> All right, last one. Hey, Doc and Justin, I'm already a member of a good homebrew club, but I got so many good ideas from your show. Uh, last week, I guess he's talking about their, our uh, club show. Uh, two weeks ago, he says I haven't volunteered to do, or I have now volunteered to do our first style talk, which is going to be wheat beers. And I also sent a list of new tech talk ideas off to our website forum. We kind of stopped tech talks and we ran out of topics about six months ago, and this will reinvigorate us. I hope. And his club is the Liquid Poets in Fort Collins, Colorado. You can go to liquidpoets.com. That's from Matt in Colorado. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Helped a brother out with his club. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback for the club show. Yeah. That's good. People wanted us to do that for a long time because uh, there's a lot of homebrew clubs out there. And people start the club, and then not everyone knows what to do then. <laughs> so well, it seemed to kick off a lot of people that want to start a club, too. Yeah. Who so cares if you have cool. two members? That's right. First yeah. and second. Still That's a club. Lunch meat is, is two members. That's right. One and a half, really. That's right. Who's <laughs> a half? <laughs> you are, JP. What do uh, you think, man? I don't know. And that is our feedback. You want some more banjo music, Doc? Of course. There you go. Are you going to learn how to play this song? 
talking to you. Is that enough? Okay. I'm listening to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, shut up, JP. <laughs> Damn it. All right. I got a special surprise for everybody this week. Um, so Daniela's special surprise. Uh, she we, was going to uh, call in live and do something on the show, but uh, uh, something happened with work. She got to be there real early now, so she didn't do that. But she recorded a message for us. Nice. Isn't that cool? So uh, this was, look at the picture on the doll over there. Yeah, just look at the uh, the Daniela doll. Our, our chat moderator, otherwise known as Thug Bitch, hanging over here in the uh, in the studio. And you can think of Daniela. It wasn't just for us. It's for all you listeners out there, too. We told you that Daniela wouldn't just disappear. So here you go. A uh, little message from Daniela, uh, direct from Germany. Dear BN Army, this is Daniela from Munich, Germany. I know I was supposed to get you guys another Daniela's Road Wagon Rosie this week, but what can I say between strong beer festivals, dark lagers, pilsners, schnapps, schweinsbraten, and sausage, I kind of forgot the time and I did not prepare a segment. I'm just a naughty girl, what can I say? Anyways, I'm just calling in to send you guys my love, and I hope you're going to have a great, great show. Dr. Scott, try not to suck too much. JP, try to be a man and just well, just be yourself, I guess. Um, P.S. All the threats in the forum about strippers and Justin, lap dance and Justin, dirty, filthy girls and Justin, they must stop, or I will get the German hammer out. I love you all. Yours, Blue Cassidy. Well, there you go. What was that last part? She'll have to get the German handle She's going to get up the German hammer. hammer. Oh, hammer. Hammer, yeah, hammer she's down. Not, she's not too happy about all the stripper comments, I guess, yeah. Doc. What are we going to do? Make more strippers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? We should, uh, we should have a nickname for strippers. We better not like tell a, her about the strippers that are coming to this show later. Like apples or something. I don't know. I thought that was one of the. We need to make up code. Yeah. Ah, that's a good idea, JP. See? The BN Army is going to have to come up with code for strippers so that you guys can still type messages in the forum without yeah. uh, without D dropping the German hammer on you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Does she still have moderator uh, rights? Ah, uh, she does. Yeah. If she signs up as her name, she can uh, get in there and put the hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have to come up with code for strippers. <laughs> Chat room, get to work on that. We need stripper code. <laughs> yeah, it can't be on the air either, huh? You still hear it. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah, oh, by the way, are we having strippers at the anniversary show? Uh, we'll have to question. leave that to the announcement uh, portion of the program, and it might depend on whether or not Daniela's flying home from Germany for that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, One or the other, then? The party <laughs> yeah. will be in the champagne room of the Gold Club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be great. I mean, I mean that would suck. Really bad, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hate that. And that'd be awful. If we had it'd be really bad if we had to do that. <laughs> exactly. Uh phone calls coming through already. Four oh one beer <laughs> is the number. And uh feel free to call us with any questions. You can also of course join us in the chat room. JP's helping you out in there today, and you can Skype us at Brewing Network. I think we'll take a quick break actually. Uh, and when we come back, uh, maybe we should start uh, evaluating uh, JP's beer already. What do you think? We can maybe start with a good uh, judging and evaluation before our palates get all jacked up and then move into our discussion about uh, brewing for competitions. Uh, Brian, uh, H2, 
from the forum. He's out here. And uh, the good thing about Brian coming and hanging out here is uh, the amount of Russian River beer he always likes to he bring. He brings the stuff. Bring by. Um, I mean, it's it's all right to hang out with him, but it's great that he brings me here. <laughs> oh, I'm double fisted so, here—a supplication and a damnation. Yeah, so we're going to be That's drinking dirty. that stuff all night long, and we'll talk to you about what we're drinking too. But I figure before we ruin ourselves with that, we ought to do our judging. So, uh, uh, you want, should I take this call now, or uh, yeah, go ahead. Is it on topic? Or should I? Probably not. No, not topic? really. Not in the first uh, section. It's never on topic. Uh, yeah. All right, let's do. It. Hey, Zymer, just what's happening, man? You're on the air. Oh, talking to me now, huh? Yes, we are. <laughs> what's going on? Oh, uh, I'm just kind of hanging out and recovering from being sick with the frickin' flu. Oh, that sucks, man. What can we do for you? Oh, tell me about it. I didn't drink any beer for like a week or two. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, tell me about it. I couldn't drink. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do shit. Well, I did do shit. But, yeah, I you know, bet you did. The other end. All right, so what's happening? What can we do for you? Well, that's what I'm going to do for you. I'm feeling so sorry for you. I mean, you've lost your woman, you lost your wife, you lost your job. I mean, you know, you don't have anything going. You'll be sleeping in the streets in the gutters, you know. You might even be, uh, end up, you know, uh, sleeping in, uh, the doghouse over yeah. at Jamil's. I'm like a walking country package. song. Huh? I'm like a walking country song. <laughs> oh, yeah, your horse didn't die, and now you're sad, I know. That's right. Alright, so how are you going to improve my life then? Well, I'm going to send you some of my home brew, something Sweet. that will, you know, kill the pain. All right. Because, you know, you got to suck the pain away, right? <laughs> That's right. I, I asked JP to suck the pain away yesterday. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> suck blow. Well, you didn't use the right approach. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Well, you know what they I say. Mean, you got to be uh, smoother and gentler. <laughs> a moment on the lips, work. a lifetime on the hips, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm going to send you some utter cream. All right, that sounds great. Oh yeah, great. I'll also send you some uh, uh, good old, you know, freaking uh, Tillamook cheese and oh, some yeah. uh, Reese's sausage and some uh, really uh, tasty champagne crackers, so wow. you can eat on the high side now instead of all the mac and cheese you got to bust out of the vending machine. Dude, you're a hell of a guy, man. That's one heck of a care package I'm getting. Oh, I'm not finished yet. I'm going to put a couple more surprises in there for you. Really? How about a blow-up doll with a hole in the mouth? Well, I was thinking about that because you got to have one, you know, actually for uh, the replacement for Danielle. I mean, she yeah. wouldn't be a real replacement, but, I no. mean, you know, you could look at her more as being a successor. Yeah, so I'll just close my eyes and think of JP. Feel the vinyl. <laughs> touch the vinyl. Yeah, touch, touch the vinyl. The uh, hey, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Oh, hey, no problem, brother. But you better make it your sorry ass up here to Portland end of July for the uh, Oregon Brewers Festival. I'm thinking about it. I think I'm going to go this year because I missed it last year. So uh, I-, I might just do that, and then we'll have to hang out and have some beer. That sounds like a plan, man, because i got three taps. i got a nitro tap. I've got uh, soda taps. So for those uh, people that you know can't uh, stomach uh, you know good, strong beer, then they can uh, have some of my soda. Beautiful. That sounds good. Just don't roofie me. That tends to happen often. Yeah. yeah, if you need a place to crash out, you know, there's always my garage, there's my front porch, you know, there's the back porch, you know, whatever works for you. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks a lot, Zymergist. All right. Talk to you later. You guys be cool. Cheers, All right, man. later. Uh, very nice dude up in Portland there. That's kind. I'm gonna get, we're gonna have, uh, cheese and, and stuff. And reefer sausage. And reefer sausage. And utter butter. <laughs> I like me a good reefer sausage. Yeah, you do. But then again, who doesn't? You know what I'm saying, everybody? It's, uh, the official Brewing for Competition show, part one. When we come back, we're gonna evaluate some of JP's beer, and after that, we'll get Jamil on the line. Hang in there, everybody. It's the session.
listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
almost forgot we were doing a show already. I was out there wandering around, and, and we're back. And it's the uh, Brewing for Competition Part 1. I just was coordinating with Jamil because he's going to get on the line with us in just a few minutes and uh, help us figure out how to brew a good competition beer is where we're going to start. And i got a few questions from you folks already to help us do that. And from there, we're going to move on to how to carbonate and uh, package a beer, uh, meaning how to, how to get it into that bottle the right way and keep it clean and sanitary and properly carbonated. We're going to do that. And then the last thing we'll cover for you today is how to package and ship that beer and when to ship it and who to use to ship it and how to make sure that it gets there safe. So we'll be doing all of that on today's show. 888-401-BEER is our phone number if you want to call and ask us any questions about this. Or you can join JP in the chat room or you can Skype us uh, as long as Jamil isn't on the line, which hopefully will be soon. Um, I wanted to mention uh, that was a new homebrew song that we played at the break there. But it was sent to me by uh, a dude named Will Sevy. And uh, I thought it was all right. Pretty nice homebrew song. Uh, you can go to myspace.com slash willsevy to check it out yourself if you want to. And uh, thank him for, for sending the song over to us. We got to play it. I got a couple other new songs we're going to play later in the show, too, um, that Push sent me. So good homebrew music today, as well as uh, hopefully good homebrew information. Yeah, well. All right, so what we're doing right now, first part of our show today, is uh, we're going to evaluate J.P.'s beer. I figured it'd be good to start with a judging. We've got a BJCP-recognized judge, Randy Griggs, hanging out with us today, and he's going to help us uh, j- uh, judge uh, J.P.'s beer. Randy, what's happening, man? Hey, how's it going? This thing on? Okay. It's on. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're working. Perfect. So uh, here's what we got. We got uh, Randy's got a score sheet in front of him, so he's going to do an actual scoring of J.P.'s beer. The rest of us are just going to kind of look at the score sheet and evaluate... Uh, uh, how we do these things um, and and see what we think of, of JP's beer. And he's got a pen over there and ready to go. Why don't you go ahead and do your thing and we'll kind of taste it and, and talk about it among ourselves, Randy, and then we'll go back to you and see what you think about it, if that's cool. All righty. I need to know what kind of beers we're drinking here. That was my first question, too. All right. JP, what did you give us? That's well, the first I, one. I decided out of the four beers, I decided to give you guys the most interesting. The first one that looks... Uh, uh, orange in okay. hue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was actually, and I thought this would be a good topic. It, it was actually uh, supposed to be an Irish red, or not, a, a American red, rather. But I kind of missed on the color somehow. I don't know how. And then this is one of the beers that froze. You know, I've been going uh, on about this freezing thing, yeah. and I want to salvage it, and I'd really like to be able to enter it as something. I'm kind of oh. thinking, yeah, I'm kind of thinking like a, an IPA. Okay, that's what I, uh, just from the smell of it. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but I don't know how it would do. Okay, so you know that's me. Yeah, I want to salvage it, so we'll see what happens. And by the way, this portion of the show that we're doing here is really going to be the focus of the second part of our competition show. One thing that people have a hard time doing is figuring out what category to put their beer in. So next week, so send us your beer. Uh, send me an email if you want to send us a little homebrew. I'll give you the address here. And uh, in two weeks, when we do that part two of this, uh, we'll evaluate your beer on the air and help you figure out. Out what category to put that in? Because sometimes you can put it in in a couple of different categories, right, Doc? Yeah, I sure. Mean, I've seen people, uh, John Plisse, for example, put mm-hmm. some of his beers go into three, four categories. The know? other two beers uh, are like that that I have. Okay, um, but I thought these would be much more interesting to taste. But those other ones, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. They yeah. um, they don't really fall into one defined style. Yeah, they ride the fence on either yeah, one. Right. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we do this? Let's judge this as an IPA, and then after we kind of evaluate it and judge it, we will uh, also tell you if it could fit into other uh, any other categories, What's too. the other one? 
JP? Uh, the other one is an oatmeal stout. This is, well, this one again froze, and I'm hoping to salvage it. This was an oatmeal stout that I had with the, uh, a French oak chip soaked in wild turkey for two weeks. Put the oak chips, or the oak cubes in there rather, for about two months. Um, and so I want to know if number one, it's a good representation of an oak, a bourbon oak oat stout. Um, and second, if it would actually win anything. Which is the main thing, I guess, right? <laughs> Will it matter what we say? You're still going to put it in? I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd like your honest opinion. What if we say it sucks so bad that you should never brew another beer? Is that going to matter? Um, well, does it stop you when people tell you that? No, it well, hasn't there yet. You go. <laughs> but you're different. Yeah, it's true. I am very different. <laughs> all right. Um, no, it won't stop me at all. Doc, why don't we go ahead and have a taste of it? And, and Randy's going. He's filling out the whole uh, BJCP score sheet, so we'll go back to him, give him a little chance to take his time on it and do it. Uh, we'll go over a few of the points. How's the aroma over there, Doc? Aroma. <laughs> uh, first thing I get is a little bit of sour taste or smell to it, and then the hops come through. But I get this that almost a mildewy t- smell to it. That might be my growler. I get uh, I get hops and a little a little plastic, a little plastic. I don't know if I get moldy, but yeah, I, I, yeah I guess maybe we're. That's what I get it right at first, yeah. and then then the hops come through. Yeah. Which so would that be if you were judging? Would that be something right off the bat? You might dock it a couple for the aroma because it's I'd mention not it. all hops. It's a little yeah, something else. I'd mention it, but the first thing I thought I, I haven't even tasted. It, I just smelled it. Sure. I, I thought IPA. My first, uh, just looking at it and smelling it. Okay. <coughs> and the appearance, uh, what do you think? Does it fit uh, within the style? I think, it's a little, I think it's a little dark for an IPA. Is it? Uh, it's more in the pale ale category. Okay. Uh, it's probably about a 12, 13 uh, SRM. It's a little bit dark. All right. I just tasted it. And... I don't. I honestly don't know if I like it or not. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a weird. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-mm. I guess maybe I just don't know if I like what hops you used and stuff. Is this a new recipe for you? Something you you done? Yeah, for it's a something while? I threw together. It's actually it for is. my friend's birthday, and, um, and this is this is what we were talking about the other day. Mm. This is one of the beers that froze, and and I think it changes a, a beer afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm definitely not proud of it. It's not something I want to show off to anybody yeah. or give it to your friends or give it to my friends. But you give it to us. Yeah, well, you know, friends, you know, whatever. Um, but I want to make sure. I just want to see if it if how it would do in a competition if I should enter it because. It was a beer I was going to enter in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but now that it's different, am I just wasting? Um, no, I, it definitely needs more carbonation, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah, put it in the growler, growler, so you're going to yeah. lose some of that one. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of it makes it kind of lay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little flat. Kinda, it coats the tongue a yeah. little bit too much. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll talk about that later with carbonating and packaging. Yeah. When you send it to a competition, why what and why you need to do yeah. what you need to do. We'll cover that'll be an important That's part. Te- That's my teaser. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> now the. I'll tell you this. I do like this. It has a real smooth bitterness. Uh, it's not harsh. It doesn't, um, as Jamil likes to use. Uh, it's not, and I because I can't think of a better cloying. word. It's not cloying. It is a, uh, so for an, as for an IPA. I like them when it's not a like a real kind of kicky in the nuts bitterness. I like it to be a little smoother, and that that has that. Yeah, it's got the bitterness there definitely. Just it's, don't know about the flavor, the actual flavor of the of the of the hop. I don't know if I like. It could that. be the specialty malt too that I put in there. I don't I don't remember the recipe okay. offhand. So, right. um, but it could be that because I was going for more of that kind of malty. You put Kara red red in ale. Uh, yeah, I yeah. did actually. Yeah, yeah, thought so. All right, <laughs> mouthfeel. 
I think the mouthfeel would be great if it was carbonated. Yep. Yeah, because the body, I, th- I think, it has a great body. It's got a good body. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's a little lays it on your tongue a little bit with, with a little more carbonation. I think it'd be actually pretty decent. Yeah, I think that part yeah is pretty good. I like that. Okay. Uh, overall impression, Doc. What do you think? That's the bottom of the sheet there. Uh, how would you? You're not as, a big IPA a, guy. No, anyway, I'm not a big but, IPA. Yeah. But as a just as a beer, yeah, you know, I. I don't say there's not a lot of flaws in this one. Yeah. It's it's clean beer. Uh, we're trying to nail it down to an IPA. We don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to do that. Uh, carbonation level was up. It's not nice. If that would be great. Uh, the um, bitterness is clean. Uh, could use a little more hop aroma. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't quite get enough of that one, but uh, it's definitely there. Maybe the the carbonation would help bring that out. So um, oh. I'd probably give it a seven out of ten for that. Okay, my over, I'm not going to judge it like overall impression because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not qualified to do that. Uh, I'll do my my judging system for you will be whether or not I'd order it again. Yeah, I wouldn't order it again. <laughs> okay, thank but you. But I also wouldn't have sent it back. I'd have finished it. And but that's um, not saying a lot coming from you. No, it's not. not really, that's true. Yeah. I don't send a lot of beer no. back. Um, and, and I think uh, the doc's right. I don't think there's anything wrong with the beer as far as how you brewed it in your yeah. process. Mm-hmm. There's just something about that that kind of a plastic flavor that's in the hops or, or maybe you said it's in the specialty malt I don't know that it just I really don't like that too much so I agree I mean I uh, wouldn't like I said I would never brew this for that flavor yeah yeah so and uh, who it, it knows it's a little bit one dimensional it's just mm-hmm. yeah you know it's I agree with that yeah. it's not too complex at all is yeah, it yeah no yeah and uh, you don't suck but maybe you should kill yourself yeah <laughs> I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Randy Griggs, who's a BJCP-recognized judge, and he works over there with JP at uh, More Beer, and he's going to help us out. Did you fill out your score sheet there? Uh, I wrote some stuff down here, sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's go through this, because I think what people would like to know is, um, you know, we talk about the beers, about how we like them and what we know about beer, but I want this to be a strictly, uh, you're judging it in a competition, so I'd, I'd like to know kind of the, you know, the amount of points that you'd give, and and we'll just go right down the list so that we can kind of figure out how this would have scored if it were in a competition. If that's cool by you, that sounds great. All right, so I guess we got to start. Um, uh, it's it's weird to me that it goes aroma and then appearance. Don't you think? But I guess it doesn't uh, yeah, I don't know. Go. I'm just looking at the sheet and how it goes. I think they want you to smell it first, then look at it, and then, then look, look at, at it. it. Yeah, you're not bound by the sheet. Ah, you can go any way you want. Come on, Justin. Because sometimes I smell my <laughs> women first before I look at them too. So I guess it's not it's not all that. Weird. Hey, Justin, it's probably going with meat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she smells good. I'll look at her. Yeah. Or what she smell like? And by women, I mean my hamster and my dog. <laughs> by the way, uh, just to clear okay, the good. just to clear the record <laughs> for those of you out there who care. All right, go ahead, Randy. Let's talk about this beer from a judge's perspective. Well, you guys pretty much nailed most of it. Uh, aroma. Uh, Twelve points out of fifty is allotted for it. It, uh, I also pick up the kind of plasticky notes. Uh, it's, it's definitely a high alpha hop, very apparent. Okay. What is? Do you remember uh, the the? Your uh, I hop? think it was Chinook. So yeah, he's right. It was okay. definitely high alpha. Okay, it's yeah, a ten plus at least. Uh, uh, in in color, as Doc said, it's a little dark golden, a little too dark for the style, but. Okay. Probably only one point is allotted for color. Uh, appearance only 
gets three for clarity, head retention, and color. Yeah. So what were your po- what was your sorry what were your points for aroma? You, aroma, I gave it? it an eight. You gave it an eight. I okay. gave it an eight. I, th- I think the eight out twelve the right. malt dominates, which is a uh, classic for the style. Uh, it's not it's not a real fresh, nice hop. It's yeah. it, uh, very piney, somewhat grassy. I get a lot of grassy notes in it. Okay. Uh, appearance, I gave it a two. A two out of three. All right. A little hazy, a little dark. I didn't hit him real hard on that. It's three points. Okay. Uh, as far as the flavor. Uh, the a very resinous hop flavor, uh, malt's a little subtle. Like I said, not complex at all. It's not giving a whole lot of life to it. Yeah. L- little. Uh, when you say when you let's go back to resinous sure. for a second. What do you, what does that mean? Is that that grassy thing too? Or? You know, resinous is a little different. Uh, let's see. Uh, to describe resinous, um, the the real lasting. Uh, it's not a sharp bitterness. Okay, but, but it kind of hangs around in your yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah, real kinda? real heavy. On the tongue, exactly. Okay, all right. Uh, That's fair enough. Uh, it's once again with that much hops and a real high hop. I, I like to see a lot of balance in a beer. Uh, you really should have a malt background to support the hops. Yeah, there's definitely uh, good character malts. It's it's got some malt to support it, so it's not undrinkable, but it's not a. Uh, not balanced quite it's enough. Not balanced exactly. Okay. Uh, then down to mouthfeel, five. Uh, what, how many points flavor, did you give it on flavor? On the flavor, or, thirteen yeah. out of twenty. Thirteen out of C. You do suck, JP. No, 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 no. no. That, 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 that's not sucky. <laughs> that should be a that should be a box right there to check. <laughs> Does the entrance suck? Yeah. Yes. If I, you know what, when our first BN competition that we have, yeah. that will be a box on our yeah. sheet. Should sure. this brewer wear pants when he brews? Yeah. yeah. You get you get an extra point for no pants. See now, I really wanted to, to send a, uh, to give you guys a beer that I actually wanted to send. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm going to get hit with both of these beers because they both froze and they both taste like crap. Now. No, but, but if you if so you served us, at, yeah, you know I know that it's at your expense. But if you had brought us some great beer, we wouldn't get as much out of this segment. So no, I yeah. no, and that's why I did it. But I, I you know, yeah, it sure. just you know now now it's a little pride. It's like, well, no, I can make a, a decent. beer. Everybody knows yeah. that. Come on, you've been brewing for long. Enough. I know. This I know, is I know, decent. I know. I know. All right, uh, but we're talking competition here. No, I know. All right, yeah. so we're down to mouthfeel, and uh, what did you think about that? Well, out of five points of fifty for mouthfeel, I gave it a three. Um, the body is very apparent. There, uh, it's got some depth to the body. It's, it's a good drinkable beer. It's a little flat. Uh, it's got a good body though overall, low to medium body. Okay. Uh, overall impression: ten of the fifty points. Uh, I gave it seven. Oh, okay. It, it's a uh, it's a very drinkable beer. I could sit at yeah. a bar and kill a couple of these and stumble home. It wouldn't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> o- overall, stylistically, it's uh, not not dead on. And uh, beer competitions are are really based on when it comes down styles. to first, second, and third. It's about okay. what's dead on. Even to get to first, second, and third, it's got to be a good beer. Okay. And then we from hope. that from that well yeah just to get up to that to be on the table on that second round there sure. uh then the then it comes down to what beer fits this style the best. Yeah. Exactly. So let me ask you this um you could put this in experimental. <laughs> <laughs> I if could you had uh, in, those in beers are pretty bad usually. The yeah. experimental beers. <laughs> yeah, who gets who, who uh, gets the low man on the totem pole to get that one? Random. Yeah, you've got to make good friends high up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you had so uh, talking about it being you know close enough to style or not, if you had uh, two you know great beers in this category that you were judging, they're both just outstanding beers. 
but one was closer to style than the other. Would you would you have to then give the one that's closer to style the the first and the other one the second? Absolutely have to. You have to. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of the rule. It's absolutely okay. So no all, who you know, all things being the same, whatever's closest to the style is is going to. That's what comes gonna, to the. That's what comes to the top. It. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so uh, a thirty-three you got on this beer, JP, which actually is not that bad. No, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I you think go home, pat good. yourself on the back with that one. <laughs> you can make it all the way through prelims. Yeah, yeah. All right, it'd <laughs> be a first. <laughs> That'd be a first. First loser. Yeah. Because <laughs> third place is the second loser. <laughs> yeah. Or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we judge this as uh, an IPA. What uh, what other categories could he put it in? Anything? Experimental. Just experimental, huh? <laughs> With the hop level, yeah. It cuts out a lot of opportunities. For Would have had to stay right styles, there. Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, is there a double IPA category now? They just came out Imperial with Imperial IPAs. Yeah, but I don't Absolutely. think it would even. I mean, I don't think there. the no. you know because a lot of bitter, but I don't think there's any flavor or really a whole yeah, lot. It's of not, room, so I don't think it would the, go over. The hops probably. are there, but they're not complex enough. It's not built very well. Yeah, yeah. that one. Okay, that doesn't mean just throw a whole bunch of hops in there either, but. Yeah. All right, let's do the other one too. Let's do okay. that one real quick. And hey, Jamil, uh, j- just uh, I gotta I hate to have to do this over the air, but uh, give us a Skype call because I don't see you on mine, so I can't ring you up. So if you're there, go ahead and uh, give us a ring. I'll get you on the line here because we're gonna start our next segment here right after we taste this beer. So do that for me. All right, so what kind of beer is this one again, JP? This is the oatmeal stout or something. Um, you said I think it was, but you know what? I think it might be my roommate's robust porter. It smells not like a stout. Yeah. I think I may have pulled the wrong one because there's a lot of trube in it. And you don't have trube in yours? Nope. Mm. Yeah, this is her extract robust porter, which is fine. Let's judge that. It's actually pretty tasty. Yeah. I just tasted it, so I jumped ahead a little bit, but uh, that's pretty good. You're You're not bound by the sheet. What do you think about that aroma there, Doc? Well, at first I wasn't getting any aroma, and then I... I, uh, Whole held the glass in my hand because it was really, really cold. So I've been warming it up, and I'm getting the aroma. And I'm getting a solvent kind of a, a smell to it. Yeah, it's also very, it's also very sweet. Su- in here. Yeah, a lot of esters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real sweet. It's sweet. I get a lot of banana. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I definitely smell banana peel. Yeah, yeah. See, now I went to banana chips, but you know, it's, yeah. it's all what you're used to, I guess. I beat this beer up, too, because I couldn't rack it. I was getting a siphon drop, and I was so pissed because I already brewed and kegged and cleaned it. I was transferring it for, and I just poured it in the keg. <laughs> yeah. It got beat to hell. Is that right? Yeah. I'm sure she appreciated that. Yeah. Oh, she all, all the effort she put into this, and then you just <laughs> kill it. Yeah. And who is the brewer of this here, JP? Uh, Robin. She works Yeah, she works at uh, Morbier. Terrific. It's good. I, I like it. Actually, uh, appearance—it's kind of cloudy, huh? Yeah, just a bit. Nah, I'd have trouble finishing one. Would you? Yeah. And what part of it is 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 bothering you? It's cloying. Yeah. Very yeah. cloying. It's it's just this this sweet stickiness that just coats your whole tongue and it doesn't go away. Then it turns into something sharp. Uh, it's got a lot of fusels. Hmm. Uh, you can really get get in the so she probably uh, fermented fairly warm. Really warm. Okay. And then let JP handle it. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> the only thing she could have done worse was let me handle it. <laughs> uh, all right. How about uh, how, let's any any good qualities in the mouth feel or anything? 
Has he got no redeeming qualities whatsoever, <laughs> Doc? That's okay. I want to say this it. Is, this is the kind of homebrew that someone gives me and say, what do you think? And then I just got to smile at him. Yeah. This is a good opportunity to make this statement, folks. Um, and if you don't know it already, when you send us your beer, you're going to get a brutally honest opinion because if we lie to you, it's not going to help any. So uh, don't worry. it's nothing against you. It's just, uh, you know, I go to these homebrew meetings and I go to these things and I understand how it's necessary to be nice to people and that some people don't take criticism well. So I've learned that it's okay to smile and tell somebody their beer is okay, even if it's not. That used to really bother me. I never wanted to do that. And now I realize there's a place for that. There's no it's place, here. there's no place huh. for that on this show. We won't be nice to you if it's, if it's not a good beer. And it's not about, uh, insulting you. It's just about helping out. So, uh, Doc finds no redeeming qualities in this beer. Uh, it's, I just, it's definitely not infected. Okay. So, uh, you that's, know, it's redeeming that's a redeeming quality. quality. That's a redeeming <laughs> quality. So, so at least the process was okay. There you go. Uh, sh- did she do a concentrated boil? No. Okay. Full, uh, full boil. Uh, did she? Uh, dry malt extract. Okay. Oh, hey, did try she that, that again, Jamie. Oh, it was I a full boil uh, dry malt extract. Okay. Because it just seems like she like a lot of caramelization in it. Like she overboiled it or burned something. And mm, yeah. it, it, this kind of thing you get with a with a concentrated boil. Uh, yeah, uh, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that happened. I mean, it could be the oxidation. It could be the the tube that it's on still. I would imagine. I don't know. It could it's be just, just a special demalt. Yeah, uh, it's just very caramely. Yeah, okay. if you go on for Porter, the recipe formulation, it's uh, this obvious, a, obviously had more. Sir, this is not a Porter. No, no. Uh, it's missing a bit of that uh, black astringent, that yeah. acrid, the acrid yeah. black patent yeah. flavor. Uh, it's. Um, uh, it's astringent too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just uh, still on my tongue. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't get Puckering. any of that stuff as uh, as bad as you guys are talking about it. I I don't think that it, I think it actually fades away. Okay, it's not too astringent. I think that it's I, I like the malt's a little too sweet, but not so bad that I guess I, I I get what you guys are talking about, but nowhere near as bad as you're saying it. I, well, I, I would I walk could, away from it. I, I I could finish a glass probably. It, like, other than the half inch of yeast on the bottom, uh, it's obviously still a very young beer. You know, yeah. you're, you're getting a lot of that estery flavors from the residual uh, yeast that's still in it. Doesn't seem like it really went through a proper secondary. Uh, but definitely banana peel. Yeah. All right, so judge it for us, because this will be good to see how a beer like this that has a lot of flaws uh, would score. And uh, you can you can take your time on that. I'm going to get uh, Jamil on the line here. And uh, hey, Jay Z, do we got gotcha? you? Yeah. Oh, okay, good enough. Uh, all right, so we're just judging some of JP's beer right now, but we're going to start in a little while with Jamil about uh, how to brew, uh, you know, how to even start to brew a beer for competition, and we're going to go through that, and obviously Jay-Z has a lot of experience and tips for us there. It's going to be a bit of a summary of a lot of the other tips he's given on our other shows, but I thought it'd be it'd be good to have it. How's the book coming along, Jay-Z? It is taking a very long time. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, because it's not just slapping down recipes. It's recipes plus, you know, the kind of tips we do on uh, the Monday show. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to put a lot of those tips in it as well and, uh, you know, kind of help people understand why the recipe works and how, you know, the things to focus on when brewing a certain style. So that that's taken quite a while. Gotcha. Hey, Jay-Z, you got another telephone you can use? Uh, sure. Because, He's hiding in the closet yeah, now. You're lo- this one's real quiet, so I don't know if you got one that might be a little louder. I'll put you on hold here. 
and we'll we'll come back to you. How you doing over there, Randy? Doing some judging? Oh, did I turn you off? No, you're on. Still tasting, huh? Okay. Still tasting. <coughs> I think it's. Uh, I think you're going to be the winner of uh, today's JP. I think your 33 is going to beat whatever this next one scores. Nice. Oh yeah, definitely. the winner of my own private competition. That's right. <laughs> out of out of one of you, you're getting first place, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> the other part of me is the first loser. <laughs> Let's try again. You there, Jay Z? No, he must. He's either still switching or I or I dropped him. That's the way live radio goes, folks. We'll try to get uh, Jay-Z in here so that uh, you can hear him, and we can hear him, and we get some good information as we start our uh, second part of the uh, talk we're going to do here. 888-401-BEER is our number. You can also join JP in the chat room. A few questions are already coming through. Some of you posted in the forum already, so we'll be asking those questions to these guys and making sure that everybody knows how to do a good competition beer because competition season is upon us, Doc. Yes, it is. Are you uh, putting some stuff in the Nationals? Yeah, I put a few in there. A little bit? How many is yeah. a few? 23. <laughs> no shit. They haven't brewed a lot. That's uh, that's a lot of beer, man, that you're putting I got in a lot of beer. Yeah. I, I'm running out of room. Ah, for your beer. I told you you could. that should never be a problem that you have. <laughs> I, know. I'm, I, I was I'm thinking about right I'm going to have to have a place to put it, and it's probably going to be here. Yeah. So that's dangerous. No. Come on. All you, right. What did you make it for? It's made to be drunk. There you go. Bring it over here, and we'll get drunk drinking it. Uh, it yeah. how, how long did that doppelbock last? <laughs> uh, it's still there. I took it. I keep <laughs> taking it, it off, off of the kegerator yeah. so that we don't. Because it's you know what? It's so great right now. It is such a quality beer right now yeah. that it's the first beer I've ever had here that I really, really don't want to finish. I, I'm going to be really. Uh, I Sad may be, when you pull that last. I may pint. be a little more depressed than Daniela leaving when I pull the last <laughs> pint of that beer. I mean, that's how much that's how attached to that beer I've become. Go curl up in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's that good. So I took it off the tap and put it in there. Uh, my roommate Chad's like, "Hey, where'd that beer go?" I took it off. Don't touch it. It's in the. It's over there, and you don't touch. <laughs> Jay Z, you back? Uh, still here. No, oh, you're still there. Okay, there. That I, sounds better. I can't. I can't. It's the same fuck. Oh, but you're louder or something. You can't I, do no more. Because now you're okay. I'll talk as loud as I can. There but, you go. Uh, not sure what's going on. No, that you actually you already sound better. Just talk loud like that, and it'll be fine. All right, Randy, how you doing over there on the scoring of this beer? Just so, about done here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Now Jay Z is going to be in in a couple weeks with us, and hopefully we're going to get Kevin Pratt in here with you too, Jay Z. You guys are going to be doing some judging for us to taste Great. all kinds of stuff. How many beers are you putting in the Nationals? Is that uh, top secret information? Uh, you know, I'm not sure yet. I've, I've been so busy with the book that I haven't even really gone through what I have available to enter. So uh, hopefully in the next week I will get a chance to pull everything together. All right. I think Doc's trying to kick your ass this year. No, nah, I'm just trying to make a showing. Yeah? Yep. You ever placed in the Nationals, Doc? Uh, I got a few into the second round. You did? Okay. This could be your year, man. You never know. Our Doppelbach, is that going? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you put my name down as assistant I, brewer? Not yet, but yo, definitely. Yeah. You see that? You're I'm in gonna, there stirring that mash, man. I'm hoping you I'm... You see that? I'm hoping for my first uh, medal. We're going we're gonna to cut it in half, and Doc's going to keep half of it, and I'm going to keep the other well, half. Well, we have an ice box going in, too. Oh, very nice. Off of the same beer. Yeah, I iced a whole keg of that. I'm coming Justin, for you. did you get that, uh, you know... Certificate of participation already? 
<laughs> I didn't send you one. <laughs> I did get my certificate of participation from the only comp I've ever entered. Yes, Jay Z. Uh, do you have any any more salt to pour in that wound? Gold star, gold star, gold star. <laughs> I was just saying, you know, perhaps uh, you know you you could cherish that. <laughs> I don't cherish it. I use it as it's my placemat for when I eat. <laughs> and you, and so your tears don't like stain the table. <laughs> That's right. I ran out of toilet paper. My food spittle droppings fall on that thing. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. <laughs> at least you kept it around. All right, Randy, how you doing over there? All right, we got this one judged. Let's do it. Uh, all right, on aroma, once again, twelve out of fifty. I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, once again, those estuary banana yep. uh, aromas really. Completely dominate the the nose of this beer, um, where it, it really should be more roasty and uh, and more more malt should be straight up uh, front forward. Okay. Uh, JP did say robust porter. I think that in this one's case, uh, brown porter would be the one to enter it into. So I kind of went by that one. Okay, fair enough. It's not very robust. No, no. Yeah. Uh, the robust definitely should yeah. have more black patent. Uh, apparent where this one's kind of uh, chocolate malt dominant. Okay, and uh, either either real heavy additions of chocolate malt or possibly a, a high temperature steeping of of the chocolate malt. I think uh, it's. A, I was thinking the same thing that uh, left the steeping grains in too long, mm-hmm. or squeeze the bag to get everything out of it. Right, you, you get some tannins. And you don't want to squeeze the bag. Just yeah. let it drain and then pull the bag. Oh, Absolutely. really? Now, yeah. that's good. That's a good tip right there. I used to always squeeze, because <laughs> I thought you wanted to get as much of that out as you could. Yeah, you get all the tannins, too. Well, so is that right? See, no, I don't understand that, because you're not changing the temperature. When you pull it out, it's not getting any hotter. So pressure. if you squeeze it, pressure. Really? Yeah. Just the pressure? Okay, and then That's my other did. question is... Um, I squeezed the bag. You did? I did. Uh-huh. I squeezed the sack. I took the sack in both hands. <laughs> yeah. Be gentle with thing. the sack. Yeah, yeah, don't ever squeeze the sack. you got to cup the Like, a, like yeah. a tea bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gentle. <laughs> Jay-Z, do you concur? Never squeeze the sack? Uh, well, there's only rare times you want to be squeezing the sack. Okay. Depends if you're paying it for it or not. <laughs> if you're into that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Now, the other question I want to ask about that is you said that maybe it was left in too long. And what I'm curious about is, do you mean too long by length of time or that it went over 170? Went over 170. So that's the too long part. You absolutely want to take it out at 170 degrees because higher than that, you're pulling tannins? Yeah. That's the deal? Okay. That's one of the things that pulls tannins. Okay, so you extract tannins, but that's but that's, that's one. one. All right, so you extract steeping grain brewers. That's a good uh, good piece of it. So it doesn't. So pull if it, it takes pull the you, bag. if it takes you an hour and a half to get to one seventy, that's okay. That's fine. Just sure. you just don't want to go over one seventy. Yeah, don't leave it until it starts boiling, and then pull the bag out, and then throw your hops in. Cool. It's a All bad right. thing. Okay, go ahead, please. Okay, and uh, appearance. Um, once again, it was real brown. Real, almost, almost to a milky point, like you said before. Yeah, I think it, it's. A, yeah, it looks like a brown porter. Yeah, not a black porter. Uh, so I only gave it one point on appearance. Okay. Uh, uh, flavor points out of twenty. It got a nine. The a lot of the estuary and banana flavors really stay with the flavor as well as the aroma. Um, it's it's obviously also still young and yeasty. It's uh, not clean, really. Really, mouthfeel. The mouthfeel really blows up, goes right into the mouthfeel. Which out of five, I gave it a two. It's uh, okay. It it's uh, 
definitely almost chewy, but it doesn't have that clean, sharp porter. Okay. Uh, acridness. So the mouthfeel doesn't just blow up. The mouthfeel blows, JP. Because you, <laughs> you got it, too. <laughs> Stop squeezing the sack, JP. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead to the your overall impression. Overall impression pretty much just sums up everything. 10 out of 50 points. I gave it a 5. It... Uh, it's a good start. It's, you know, you got you got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's and, not eleven beer. No. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, total points. You give it a twenty-two. Not it's, bad. Uh, I gave it a twenty-one. Did you? Yeah. Right there, you two. Look at you. You guys are on the ball. Uh, Randy, you were saying um, it should be a brown. What's the difference between like a brown and a black? I mean, what 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 color wise or, or style wise? Style wise. Okay. Style wise, there's no black. It's a brown porter or a robust porter. Uh, the robust porter is going to be um, more roasty. Um, you're going to get more black malt character, uh, burnt flavors. Sometimes uh, described as coffee flavors. Definitely more alcohol. Definitely a bigger beer as far as alcoholic percentage goes. Uh, you can actually uh, also have it a little sweeter probably as a brown porter than a robust porter. The robust porter really uh, leans on those dark malts to define the flavor. Okay. And you also have to be careful with your uh, hop additions with those higher percentages of darker malts. You can get some perceived bitterness from those darker malts that uh, you have to account for when choosing your So you can overdo the bitterness. Hops. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's good. Those are good tips, man. Yeah. That was, uh, Mrs. H wanted to know that. Mrs. H, all right. Uh, you can join JP in the chat room if you two have questions to do this. Uh, all right. Hey, Jay-Z, I think we're going to take a break now that we got you on the line. How about that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went over time a little bit, and we're about to start a whole new can of worms. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how to brew, you know, right from the beginning, how to get your beer ready for competition. That's the first part here that we're going to do, and I figure it's going to go on for a little while. So let's take our break now. We'll come back with Jay-Z on the line here. He's going to help us out. Of course, Dr. Scott, his fair of... Uh, He's had his fair share of competitions, and uh, he's going to help us do that, too. So hang in there, everybody. You're tuned to the Brewing Network. It's uh, the session. And when we come back, Jamil Zanishev's going to help us learn how to brew a good competition beer. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Come gather good people and hear this strange tale Of a man who was known in each county and vale In a pub down in London called the White Horse's Tail Except the one man in England who didn't drink ale He's known in each tavern, both distant and near That queer little fellow who doesn't like beer 
Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Dr. Scott in the studio helping us out. Randy Griggs, BJCP recognized judge with us. Uh, I turned your mic off there. Uh, Randy and I were just talking about appearance and how much it influences all the other categories. Uh, It only gets three points on that judging sheet, but, you know, it's a subjective thing with the judge. Yeah. And there's certain things that they'll pull them. Uh, For example, we talked about a, a pilsner that's not crystal clear. Yeah, it might get a two or a one out of out of three, but it's going to influence everything else on down the line. So if you're 
trying to you know, brew for a competition, your pilsner's not perfectly clear, you, you might want to use some clarifying agents or at least filter it, something like that. Because even though it's, oh, I'm only going to lose three points on it. Well, you're going to lose more points in other other spots on that one. If it's the wrong color, its appearance, you know, they're going to think, well, immediately this is a different kind of beer than what it should be. If it's a brown and you're just calling it a stout, it's not quite black, uh, it's going to pull pull from points from other places, too. Okay. So really be thinking about appearance, too. What's that, Jamil? I said that that shouldn't really be the case, though. Uh, you know, if if you're losing 20 points because of clarity, then there's something wrong with the judges. Same thing goes with, uh, you know, a comment was made earlier about, you know, it's a competition to judge the style. It's, uh, you know, that is not necessarily the truth. A, a, a beer that is, you know, uh, perfectly in the middle of some style category is not, it should not do better than a beer that's well brewed that might be on the edges of the category. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, well, you know, that's because they brew these, you know, they judge these things to style, and I'm, uh, you know, a wild and free brewer that, uh, you know, may not be quite style. Well, the, the reality is, if you brew a really good beer, yeah. The judges are going to look at the styling and say, well, yeah, I could see how that could be included in the style. And, you know, go that route. Now, if you have two beers that are both, you know, flawlessly brewed. Yeah. And one is, you know, within the style guidelines and one is slightly out of the style guidelines. The one that's within the style guidelines would, would place over that. But, but that was my question. A well-brewed beer is the most important thing yeah. when well, you're entering a competition. Jamil, I think, I think that's what we said, too. It's, it, even make it up to that point, it's got to be a well-brewed beer. Yeah. And also, my specific question was exactly what you said, too. Was I said, all, all things being equal, you have two fantastic beers, if, and, you, and you can't judge, you know, based on how good it is, is the one closer to style going to place above and right but even you know but one that's uh you know on the edges of the style if it's well brewed yeah and you got some other beer that's not so well done right dead smack in the middle of the style guide that is you know that beer should not play okay it's always the better brewed beer okay you know, that's the, what... the brewing is 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 a key aspect of this gotcha all right and one of the reasons that the style comes into to play is if you're unable to brew, to you know, if you're unable to brew a stout that's dark enough, then obviously you have some brewing flaws, some yeah. flaws in your process, yeah. or some flaws in your recipe, and you need to correct those in order to to place in the category. So that's you know why you know style comes into it comes into account. It's not all about style; it's about brewing really good beer. Okay. All right, fair enough, and uh, that's a great segue anyway because that's what we're going to talk about now is how to start uh, with a really good beer. And Jay Z, you've give you've given some tips uh, over the course of of several shows um, about how uh, you know you have to start with a really good beer and a few different ways to do it. So I kind of want to sum that up and talk about that a, a little bit. Um, and I want to start with. Uh, a comment that was sent to me by Mike McDole. He couldn't make the show tonight, although he wanted to. And I'm going to read you his whole list a little bit later in the show. He sent me a list of things he felt was important with competition. And one of the things he said in that list was, don't change your whole brewing process and what you do with beer just because that beer is going to go into competition. That entering competition isn't the beginning of your process. It's a culmination of everything you've learned about brewing. And I thought that was a great uh, a bit of advice that you don't 
You don't go trying all the things that you know you should have brewed every other beer you did. Or change your, your way of doing things just because it's Just because this one's going to competition. So I kind of wanted to start with that and, and talk about how to have a, a good, well-rounded, and, and, and well-brewed beer. So maybe you could take it from there. Well, and I, I think Mike makes a great point that, uh, you know, again, it's about brewing good beer. Don't, you know... Start changing things just because you think that's what a competition needs. You know, the the people that think competitions don't work are, are the ones that generally are brewing some pretty crappy beer to start with, and they just are not facing the reality. Okay. So, you know, the the thing is, you need to look at those those key basics that you know Doc and you know JP and everybody keeps you know talking about is you need you know good sanitation. You need you know good fermentation you need you know to pitch the you know a clean healthy yeast you need to maintain uh you know control over your fermentation temperatures you can't let it range up to 80 and down to 60 because the yeast is going to kick out a bunch of stuff and then stop right um you know all those things those are the basics you know we're uh john palmer and i are working on this recipe book and you know no matter how good the recipes are in that book if you don't have these fundamental things down pat, you're not going to make, you know, great beer unless unless you can do those things. It doesn't matter what the recipe is. It doesn't matter. You, know, you can buy the best brewing system from uh, More Beer. Yeah. Not going to help you unless you have those basics down first. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know. JP disagrees. It'll get you an extra couple of points. Yeah. Now, everybody who's been in yeah. here said that. That's true. You don't know how to use that thing. It ain't going right. to do you any good. Exactly right. Yeah. So. That's what she right. said. Well, they'll be the first ones to tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if true. you want, if you don't know how to use that thing, it won't do me any good. <laughs> so, so brewing fundamentals, and even you know, going from you know, a lot of extract brewers feel like uh, you know they they talk to people who brew all grain, and they get the feeling that they're second class citizens that they can't brew good beer because they're brewing with extract. That's that's not true. You can brew excellent beer. You can brew perfect beer with extract. Uh, it may limit you in the styles you can do. It may limit you, you know, here or there in, in various things. But really, uh, you know, extract's not the problem. It, it tends to be, you know, flaws in the process. Okay. All right. Um, so, and those, you know, that that process, you can go back to a lot of the archives, particularly Jamil Show Number One, Jamil Show Number Two, way back there in 2005, and really get some of those fermentation techniques, which are really just about, you know, pay attention to what temperature those yeasts are supposed to be at. Jamil, do the starter. Jamil loves the starter. You can go to MrMalty.com. He's got a whole pitching calculator that'll help you figure out how much yeast you need to pitch. And uh, everybody that we talk to says fermentation, fermentation, fermentation. <laughs> Pretty much. <yeah. laughs> I mean, that's the deal. That's so, the main thing, but... No, that's the main thing, but, uh, you know, it, it's that's also... Three things. It's also in how you handle that, you know, how you handle the beer afterwards, like that... Don't you know, pour it into ...robust the porter, yeah. If your siphon breaks, don't, uh, don't pour it into it. it, don't dump it into a keg from the carbon mouth and here go glug, 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 and expect to, yeah, yeah, and expect yeah. to get a, you know, win anything. Sure. Well, we're going to get to that too, though. you got to hang in. You're jumping the gun there, oh, okay, JP. Sorry. That's going to be uh, part... Story of my life. Man. Part, he does that, you know. <laughs> That'll be part two here. Blows his water early. <laughs> I've heard and that. I'm so I, go ahead, Jimmy. I think once you, once you have, you know, a good process down, then you need to, you know, start looking at, you know, recipe issues. So... 
uh, you know, if you're, and, and really, a lot of times, you know, you could put together pretty much any collection of grains and hops and yeast, and as long as your process is good, you can make a pretty good beer. And, you know, at that point it becomes, and if you've got some favorite beer of yours, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've come across people that say, well, I don't brew to style, I brew, you know, whatever beer that I darn well please, yeah. and then they'll give me a taste of something, and it's some good example of, you know, X, Y, or Z style. Right. They just don't know that it is. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the the other thing to do is to, you know, if you want to brew to a certain style, go ahead and find some good examples of recipes that, that have done well before. The Fred Bonjour has his uh, award-winning beers uh, site, and that's a good place to go to get started. You know, find some recipes that will help you get started, brew those, and then, uh, you know, decide how you might change it. Uh, and... You know, look at your beers, look at the, read through the style guides and see, uh, you know, where you might enter your beer. That's, that's another important part of it. Yeah, we're gonna do because, that when you come yeah, in in a couple weeks. Is talk yeah, about it's wildly where to enter. out of, if it's wildly out of style, then, you know, if you enter a, a perfect German Pilsner as a, a dry stout, it's probably not gonna do very well. You know, you'll still do okay if it's a great beer, but. Yeah. Yeah, the judges have no choice at that point. I now brew exclusively Jamil recipes. I'm like Jamil's bitch. <laughs> and, what do you uh, like Jamil's bitch? <laughs> I only I got a pay, I've got your pale ale uh, fermenting in my fridge right now, Jay Z. At uh, cool. 66 degrees, cal ale yeast. It's looking good. He's never taken care of a beer so well. No, but I did yeah. have a big problem at the end of my brew process. Of course, I'll you do did. it. I'll tell you at the end of the show. I don't want to interrupt this yeah. whole thing. Well, and, and warm that up. Go let it. You know, if you're starting out at 66, let it go up to like 68. Oh, let it's, it warm it's, up a little bit. It's been a week at 66. Should I still do that? Yeah, let it, let it warm up a little bit. Okay, I'll do that. And and what is that for, Jay Z? What am I doing there? Well, 66 is a little bit low. Okay. I mean, I, I like to be around 67, 68, but, uh, uh, you know, you just want to make sure you get enough attenuation. Okay. I don't the, want it to go to sleep too the, soon. Yeah. Okay. Just, just so it dries out enough. You know, the American Pale Ales, a lot of people brew uh, you know, American Pale Ales, IPAs, Imperial IPAs. Um, people tend to put a lot of uh, specialty malts in there and have attenuate very low, uh, leaving a lot of uh, residual sweetness behind, thinking that it helps balance the hops. But it tends to just make it a little too cloying, I think. Okay. Uh, you know, cloying? Vinny at Russian River. Yeah. You know, that, uh, yeah, that's my favorite word. Uh, he's, <laughs> you know, he's done the, the Pliny of the Elder, and, uh, you know, it's a dry beer, a nice dry finish, and yeah. that's what makes it so drinkable. Yeah. If, you, if you have too much uh, residual sweetness, it really fights that. Okay. All right, fair enough. All right, how about this? So, you know, there's a lot of tips out there about how to just how to brew a good beer. Uh, what are some telltale signs? Our, our beer is now done. We've brewed a, a decent beer. Maybe we've brewed four or five de- decent beers, and we've got them all kind of lined up there. You know, what are I know there's obvious signs that everybody knows when it's infected, but I'm talking about some more subtle signs that we know maybe this beer isn't going to do too good in competition, or or vice versa. Uh, some signs that we know, hey, this now this beer's good. You know, I, I should enter this. How can people decide what to enter? Is I guess what I'm getting at. 
whether they should enter or not enter. Yeah, they got a bunch of beers in front of them. They've been brewing for six months, and now they're they they got to decide which one they're going to send in. I always say, if you can taste something that doesn't taste right, you may not be able to put your finger on what that is, uh, but you you know something's there. "Eh, There's something there. I just I can't put my finger on, but it's not supposed to be there. That's probably one that's going to be a little flawed. Okay. And uh, you want to ask somebody else what it is, and so next time you can kind of get around and get rid of that. doing that one. All right, you know, it can't be. You know, it may, might not be a bad beer, maybe a very drinkable beer. Yeah, but if it's really stand out a flaw in there, it's going to knock you down. Right. All right. How about, I know that's a real broad question, but I did have it come through because people don't know which beers they should send in. Jay Z, you got anything to add to that? Well, yeah, and you know, uh, I think you know, uh, Doc has a good point there, and. You know, on the on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of times you'll tell yourself, "Oh, you know, this is the greatest beer in the world," and if you if you think so, you should go ahead and enter it. Okay. But you know, we tend to blind ourselves to our own beer. You know, we we know what went into it. We know the process. We're expecting it to be great. So when we taste it, it tastes great. And certain beers, you know, something went wrong during the process. And you're like, ah, you know, like you're saying with the pale ale. Yeah. You're thinking something wasn't quite right. So you may, when you taste it, you're going to you're gonna search for flavors that prove you right. Ah, okay. And you're so rationalized. you know, yeah, it may not be a problem. So a lot of times, um, and I, I have a hard time with this too, because, you know, what I think, you know, based on, you know, what's happened... You know, I, I may not be 100% on. The only way to do it is, is blind, and, and that's one of the benefits of competition. So, you know, if you if you think it could be a good example of the style, just go ahead and enter it. And, and even the flawed beers, I'd say, you know, unless, uh, you know, you can pick out what's wrong with it, unless you can say, wow, you know, this is infected or this is oxidized or this is, you know, uh, not attenuated enough, or unless you know what the problem is yourself, Send it into a competition and have them tell you what they detect wrong with it. You may be surprised. Maybe what you thought, uh, Ross, who came out and visited uh, me from Chicago, he yeah. was concerned about a robust porter that he had and a flavor in there. And when I taste it, I'm like, you know, this is a great robust porter. Just give it a little bit of time uh, to carbonate, and, you know, you got a great beer here. And he was quite relieved, but he was expecting a problem with it, and I think, you know, that was part of the part of the issue there until he could get someone else to taste it he wasn't really certain so yeah. you know, send them in have have people tell you uh what the issue is and and then you can go ahead and if there really is an issue you can go ahead and adjust it yeah. and that, that's a great point and your own expectations you're your hardest critic so when i'm trying to uh i i got a thing in my head i'm gonna brew this beer this way and i expect it to come out and it didn't then you know everything else is downhill from there. Yeah, and thinking, well, maybe this isn't a good beer, and I shouldn't enter it. And that you need somebody else to taste it because I've just come up short of my expectations. Yeah, sometimes I don't even want anybody else to taste it. Yeah, and and we talked about that before. I mean, these shows are, that we're going to do this this series of shows is is to talk about how to how to brew good competition beers and, and how to win. But uh, it it like Jay Z says it. it Shouldn't be understated that it's a great way just to get feedback in general. Well, so, unless it's really horrible. Yeah. You should still put it in. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gave it your best effort, and they'll give you some good feedback. Good judges will give you good feedback on what to do next time. Right. Okay. 
All right, well, let's just keep it moving forward then, because uh, the next topic that I wanted us to cover is um, now packaging this beer, meaning you know getting it into the bottle for competition. Um, and let's b- before we get into carbonation and how to get it to the bottle, let's talk about the bottle because I think okay. you got to prepare that before you can put your beer into it. So, uh, you know, what kind of bottles are we using? We we've mentioned on the show before that. You shouldn't take the bottle that you you know you bought a six pack of craft brew the other day and you sort of got the labels you off, got but the you didn't off. really get the labels off. Um, the first thing in the competition is going to be a- appearance, and even if it's not on the judges' sheet, um, you know it, you, you kind of want to stack the deck in your favor. And a nice clean bottle, appearance-wise, right. is going to help you do that. Jamil, do uh, the judges see the bottles, or do the stewards actually take care of all that? There's a couple of competitions where the judges don't even see the bottles, but the majority of competitions, the judges will see the bottles. Okay. And, you know, I try and stress when when I'm judging competitions, if somebody makes a comment about the bottle, yeah. I try and, you know, say, you know, bottle's got really nothing to do with it. You know, taste the beer. And, you know, but, you know, like you're saying, it will affect some judges. They will, you know, have that perception that yeah. there's something wrong with the or, beer. Or that the you bottle didn't, isn't right. if you didn't take care of the bottle, you didn't take care of your beer. Yeah, yeah you came up short right. on, on one thing or the other. You know, anything other than an unmarked amber 12 ounce bottle with a plain cap on it, yeah, affects the judges. Yeah, and that's just the way and, it is. You know, in in some minor way. So I'm always, you know, I go with. You know, fresh, clean bottles, you yep. know, just nondescript like that. And, uh, you know, it, it may be a, a tiny difference, but I've seen so many people poo-poo bottles that were twist-off bottles, caps that were, you know, had like, you know, logos on them, uh, you know, raised lettering on bottles, bits of uh, label stuck on the bottle. It's like, well, you don't care enough about your beer to clean the bottle properly. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, you know, I've seen all sorts of things. So. It's perceived judgment. And uh, it's not that expensive to buy a brand new case of bottles and use just those bottles just for your competition. And if you, whatever you're going to do, you know, giving away to your friends or uh, just your own consumption, you can use, the, reuse the old bottles. But if you want to really one more step uh, towards your competition buy a case of bottles it's not that expensive yeah you could also be disqualified from certain competitions for uh, any sort of notable marking that you that you might be able to recognize a bottle right. later on green uh, bottles where it says bass on the side a deschutes bottle yeah. with the okay. embossed ah, that's interesting okay so nice clean bottles uh, in Mike McDowell's list that he sent through he mentioned bottles and he wanted to say especially when you know Doc's saying go ahead and buy yourself some brand new bottles uh, Mike wants us wants you to know you know don't assume that the bottles that you purchased um, magically got to you without getting dirty always PB, he says PBW the bottles with a bottle brush before sanitizing and then of course filling so and especially in competition, I know some of us who, who bottle and I used to bottle, you get a little lazy, you kind of rinse them, you sanitize them, you do it. If it's your beer, that's fine. But if you're going to send it to the competition, I think one thing that we're going to say kind of over and over is stack the deck in your favor. Yeah, so You have the, the means to do it. Yeah. Wash the bottle. Yeah, PBW it. I'm with McDole on that. And then... And then really, you know, you got to rinse it really well too, and uh, and then you know rinse it with with the star sand afterward or whatever sanitizer you use. Uh, a bottle rinser works really well. Uh, it fits on the faucet. And it shoots the water right up inside. I've had one. 
I've had it for 12 years. Ah, nice. I still use the same thing. Okay. How do you clean your bottles, Jay-Z? Uh, you know, I tend to rinse them out. Uh, I buy brand new bottles every time. You do, okay. Uh, I look inside them to see, because I've had uh, pieces of glass, I've had spiders, cockroaches, all sorts of oh, things in there. disgusting. Uh, you know, brand new bottles. And, uh, you said cock. So, uh, you know, good rinse, and then they, they soak in an iota four, and uh, that tends to do it. I, I use the real hot water rinse uh, outside and inside, and uh, I don't PBW them because they're brand new, uh, but I do rinse them real well with really hot water and then uh, star sound. Hey, Jay-Z, do you use iota four because of the no foam? You don't want the foam in the bottles? Oh, it's cheap. Yeah, and it's just it's easier to use. It's cheap. I I mix up like fifteen gallons, and I actually submerge the. I saw a friend of mine <laughs> one time. Uh, he was sanitizing his bottles by submerging them in a in a large uh, bin, mm-hmm. and I was using a uh, you know uh, uh, one of the iota four pump spray things to uh, rinse them, and I decided yeah, just dumping them in a big vat of iota four is the way to go. So I mix up about fifteen gallons and. Mm put like three cases of bottles in there at a time okay so it makes it pretty easy all right fair enough all right so you got your bottle prepped it's nice and clean it's uh, has no uh, visual markings i guess we need to talk about how you're going to get that into the bottle and i did have a few questions that we can address because uh as you know there's a couple different ways to carbonate your beer if you don't keg you're going to naturally carbonate it in the bottle and we can talk a little bit about that if you do keg you can carbonate it there and then put it into the bottle and we're going to talk about that but i did have some questions that came through about those carbonation drops. Um, JP's pretty good on those. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? You can yeah. buy the drops now. And, and I want to ask, because I don't know much about them, uh, do you put those in the bottling bucket and then bottle, or do you put a drop <laughs> no, you, in you, the bottle? You what put you it in, in, in the bottle. You that's just a, put a drop in the yeah. bottle. That's yeah. how, no, they're little, little tablets, and that's how you can measure. Okay. So you put a tablet in each bottle. Right. And it can be up to six tablets in uh, some cases. Really? Yeah. Like 22s or whatever. So well, what do you no, guys... Different manufacturers' uh, yeah. concentration levels, actually. Some of them call it's it It's a measured amount of sugar that goes yeah. in there, and that way you don't have to measure per per batch. Uh, it, they just go in there. Okay. And uh, you well, want like high carbonation, you put more. What's that, Jay-Z? Right. Yeah, okay. yeah like Doc was just saying, yeah. uh, for... In certain styles, you're going to want a higher level of carbonation. Yeah. So you're going to use more of those drops. And uh, what are the? Is it just? Is it a corn sugar drop? Is that all it is? Uh, I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Uh, it's priming sugar. Yeah, okay. Priming so sugar. is the only difference between throwing corn sugar into your bottling bucket and then bottling is that they're just pre-measured it's for each individual use, bottle? Okay. Pretty much ease of use. And if you don't mix your beer and the priming sugar real well, you're going to get yeah some, uh, inconsistent. Yeah. There. Inconsistency. So are you guys? Are you all for the tablets? And do you like those? Or uh, what? I've only used them once. Okay. Uh, and actually, right now. Uh, uh, we're, we're kind of I'm kind of experimenting or one of the guys at the shop is rather uh, with these uh, this liquid corn sugar made by Forbus uh, it's four ounces and you supposedly just add it right in okay uh, so right now I have bottles I have three sets of beer carb or three sets of bottles one with uh, priming sugar just straight corn sugar that he mixed and added one with the uh, carbonation drops mm-hmm. and then one with uh, it's like two mils per bottle of this liquid, liquid stuff liquid. just to see how it goes and I was going to bring that in too but I thought it might be too much so maybe we can do it next show yeah bring that to but, the next um, one because that's that's a good experiment yeah I want to see carbonation levels but also any flavor impact too because I don't know I don't know about the flavor impact but I used it once and it was cool you know 
It was fine. Jay Z, yeah. any experience with uh, the drops? Uh, no, I I go for counter pressure filling everything. You do. So you always carbonate in the keg and then counter pressure fill. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I have used the drops before, but you know I always felt weird about touching them to put them in there. Yeah, I'm that's contaminating true. them. Yeah. So I went to like, gloves and and picking them up with. Uh, yeah. That's how I would go through life if I could, Doc. I, just I know you would. With gloves, gloves on picking up and things not, with not have to touch things. Yeah. Because <laughs> I worry about contamination also. I'm going to buy you a hazmat suit for your birthday. I swear to I God. I would love it. That you would be sleep great. in it. It would be the, <laughs> it would be the best. <laughs> my, you know, like everybody has their favorite shirt. Yeah. I'd have my favorite hazmat suit. My favorite jammies. <laughs> Me and Jay-Z could hang out on Can bottling days. Yeah, you uh, could, yeah. Can you get him a hazmat suit with bunnies on it? <laughs> I'd be allowed to Jay-Z's house. I'd be the only one allowed to Jay-Z's on bottling day because I'd have my own hazmat suit. You think he has his and hers hazmats? Like one's pink and one's blue? <laughs> Jamil, you want to answer that? He, do, he doesn't want to answer <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, okay, and lastly, Randy, any experience yourself with the uh, drops? Have you used them? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. I, I, I've worked with them a couple times. Uh, so, some of them are just corn sugar. Some are a combination of corn sugar and DME. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, some of the English, the muttons ones uh, I know have a lot uh, a lot of DME, and then there's debates on what gives you a tighter carbonation bubble, whether or not it's the DME or the corn sugar. That's a big argument, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it has to do more with proteins uh, and things. Okay. In the, in the beer. All right. Fair enough. Okay, before we move on, I, I do I need to back up just for a second because I missed these questions, and I, I don't want to miss them because it was back to fermentation. Um. I'll forget if I don't do it now. Jay-Z, we had talked on the show about using aluminum foil instead of a traditional airlock uh, uh-huh. during fermentation. This guy says, uh, from what I recall, the foils used during active fermentation only and makes the yeast happier by reducing the head pressure. Uh, and he says, um, once fermentation slows down and no longer creates positive pressure... He says a traditional airlock, either three-piece or S-type, needs to be used to prevent the nasties from getting inside. So his real question then is what about one of those inline sanitary filters, you know, like we use when we aerate? Would that be a good middle-of-the-road solution? I guess if he's talking about a few. Uh, no, no, and a couple of things. One is um, if you reduce the back pressure of CO2 on the yeast, Yeah. Um, during fermentation, you're going to get a uh, uh, higher level of esters in the final beer. So the, the partial pressure of CO2 suppresses the yeast activity okay. and actually holds down. This is how they do high-temperature lager brewing. They'll, they can brew lagers at you know, 65 degrees Fahrenheit because they keep a couple of PSI of CO2 pressure on it, and uh, it keeps the yeast from producing too many esters. Still doesn't taste exactly right, but that's how they do it. So, uh, you know, reducing the pressure, and, and actually the difference between an airlock and a piece of tinfoil, not really a whole lot. Really? I, You know, maybe side by side you're going to taste a difference, but it's going to be pretty minor. Okay. So I really wouldn't, you know, do it for that aspect of it. The When you put a piece of foil on there, even once the beer is stopped fermenting, yeah. No nasties are going to get in there because they're not going to crawl up, you know, unless it's crawling bugs. Right. Uh, you know, uh, bacteria and wild yeast are not going to get into the beer as long as you got a piece of foil over it. The problem is once the beer stopped fermenting, um, 
you're going to get oxygen is, is going to keep working its way in there, and you're, the beer is going to oxidize. Okay. So this is the reason why you know a, uh, a sterile filter wouldn't be a good solution either. Really, you know, at, at a certain point, uh, you know, the beer's fine for a certain amount of time, and you don't really need to worry about it. But at a certain point, you need to either put in bottles or you need to put in a keg. Okay. So that's kind of the solution there. All right. Or if you're going to keep it in a carboy, like you need to age uh, Flanders or something like that, or uh, mead, you want to put in a smaller carboy, like a five-gallon carboy, and fill it all the way, you know, uh, up into the neck where it's a real narrow uh, area, so you get less oxidation of the the entire batch. Decent neck. <laughs> okay. Less, less surface area. All right, last thing I want to do then, and then we're going to take a break. I have a lot. Uh, one of the big things that people want to talk about is carbonation. So we're, okay. going to, we're going to do that after the break. But before that, I just I wanted to back up because in talking about brewing, uh, one thing we didn't cover is about uh, a schedule of brewing. And this is something yeah, that John, John wanted to, I wanted to hit on that. Yeah, too. let's do that. And and John Plisse has mentioned it. He he has a he he's kind of outlined for himself a great competition schedule and he brews throughout the year so that the beer ages properly, loggers properly, whatever it needs to do so that by the time it reaches the the judging table, it's exactly where it should be. It's it's at its peak. Yeah, so it's a good idea. Let's cover some tips for that. And I know that Jay Z, I think you even helped John out to kind of figure out that that's a great way to compete. That's a big thing that you do as well. Is that right? Yeah, and actually, I got the idea from uh, Mike Riddle uh, a few years ago. Okay, and he got me started. He told me about a spreadsheet that he has to track everything, and that got me started. And uh, I passed that along to John. So it, it really is an effective way to make sure you got you know the right kind of beer at the right time. Right. Okay. So the bottom line really is to to figure out the style that you're going to brew and that you'd like to enter in competition and then really decide what time of year you have to brew that. All of the competition schedules uh, are, if you go to beertown.org, you can find almost every competition in the country because they all list them there so that, you know, if it's a local competition or a national competition, it's going to tell you when entries are due. And you really, you know, if you're going to do a Hellas, and that's one of John's big ones, he knows that he needs to lager that beer for a good period of time and we'll kind of plan accordingly. So uh, there, it, it's not a real, there's not a whole science to it, but I think it, it sounds like it'll help if you not only figure that out, but create yourself a spreadsheet so that you know when stuff is due and the latest possible date you need to brew it. You've got a brew window. Yeah. Uh, we were coming up on uh, the NorCal Home Brewers Fest, and th- their thing this year is wild beers. And they wanted to have lambics and things, and... Uh, by the time they announced it, it was already probably past the window. Yeah. So they're not going to probably get a whole lot unless people already had something going on. Same if they did a barley wine thing. Yeah. You know. They did a barley wine two or three years ago. Ah. And it was kind of the same thing. They should tell you that there's going to be a barley wine thing in 2010 yeah. so that you know to, to, to brew one now. Well, they, they, just, yeah, they pulled it up too late. And uh, if... A lot of clubs have Lambic brewers, and they know that they've got to have these things in-house and ready to go yeah but as far as oh yeah i want to brew one i've wanted to brew one for a while and uh that that was a good opportunity to do it but uh the window got passed yeah plus i'm lazy and uh, that helped (laughs) helped pass that window yeah 
Uh, and a lot of listeners have asked us in the forum, they want us to do a competition schedule segment on the show, and we're going to do it. So we're going to start announcing dates. Uh, here's what we're going to do is we're going to announce the, the, the major competitions and the national competitions. I cannot possibly announce every competition in the world. So what we're going to do is these brief segments that the larger competitions will get mentioned, and I'm going to mention some of them when we come back from the break and the deadlines. And I'm always going to refer you to Beertown.org because it's uh, it's where everybody goes to post these things. If it's an AHA-sanctioned competition, it's on Beertown.org. I, I think that we should uh, announce it, the big ones, especially that if you're, this is coming up in such and such time, you guys should brew for it now. If you're going to brew your lagers, start them now. Yeah. I always hate that. Well, it's coming up on the 5th. If you yeah. got one, bring it. Yeah. Well, you know, I would have put it in there, but I didn't brew it yet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. if you can give it a little advance notice, we can give them advance notice. On, yeah. You know, it's a uh, a barley wine festival or an IPA festival or something. To, you know, or a lot of contests only have certain categories. Right. Not every category. Uh, and you might be pretty good at doing that. But a lot of people don't have one on hand. Yeah. But if you can brew for it, you need to know ahead of time. We can help them to do that. That'd be great. That's right. Uh, put it on your calendar. Right now, you need to brew in the next three weeks. Yeah. To have uh, that ready for that one. So just make yourself your own spread. Jay-Z, what's on your spreadsheet? Just uh, generally, what what do you what columns do you put in there? What do people need to focus on? He said spread. Did you just call me JP? I might I may have. It was a hey, Freudian, that's a compliment, buddy. A Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, what's on there? I I track uh you know, every batch that's brewed, uh, all the competitions that they get entered in, how it did, any notes on that, uh, scores, awards. And then also um, another one lists all the styles that are available mm-hmm. and um, what my inventory level is of those various beers based on, you know, what uh, what uh, batch was brewed. Okay. And that's what I tend to put in that spreadsheet. And then uh, the other trick is, when you're when you're looking at brewing beers, let's say you're looking at brewing some English beers, start out with an ordinary bitter, and that's going to grow you some English ale yeast, and then you can use that yeast to make yourself a special bitter and a best bitter or, a, or English pale ale, and then you take the yeast from that and make an IPA and make a, you know an English brown porter, or, you know whatever, or an English barley wine. Mm-hmm. So you kind of stagger your your batches. So you have a nice, healthy pitch of yeast to use in each each batch. Okay, makes a big difference in uh, you know not having to start yeast every time. Yeah, my inventory list would be pretty small, Doc. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a Doppelbach. I'm just wondering where you have that. My Doppelbach. Yeah. It's in my fermentation fridge. Okay. It's the only place. So it's at 66 degrees. Well, as long as it's constant, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, I saw the went, roof. I, no, I went on your back patio and I started shaking kegs to find out which one it oh, was. Oh, no, no. Come on. I told you I've got mad respect for that beer. It's in the cooler, man. <laughs> but that's all I could do is keep it at fermentation temp with my other stuff because I don't have another fridge. Right, as long as it's constant. Yeah, okay. That's all right. All right. Fair enough. I got a spare fridge. You can bring it to my house. Ah, I'm afraid of you drinking it, too. That's right. All right, Jay-Z, I know you're busy with the book. We're going to cover com- uh, uh, carbonation when we come back. You got time, or should I just uh, throw it at Doc? Because I can do that. I know you're a busy dude. Uh, I can hang on a few more minutes. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to keep Jay-Z on the line then. And when we come back, uh, everybody's big questions is about how to carbonate uh, and, and how to bottle that beer. We're going to talk about that when we come back. So hang in there, everybody. 
It's a good show we got planned for you, this one and part two as well. Covering everything you need to know to get your beer into competition. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
the clock rolls around. What's that sound? The voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the abacast stream? Goddamn, it's almost time. Why don't you work? Fucking thing, it's 502. I reboot. Asshat iTunes. I hope Justin made the free FM commute. I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't rack, motherfucker, when you do your risk. And oh, too, I'll hail the book Jay-Z. Do like we told you. Do what he said. Well, okay, at least mostly. And hit that fucking whirlpool virus. Sometimes I don't, and I won't, bitch. More than a little bitch. Vile of that sweet shit that likes my thunder. Damn, my geese will not prove and fucking booth being rude. Boom, that goes the blow off through and fuck this old chat room. I want out, Justin Chef, that goes my chocolate stout. And I never want to hear the word run high, skip about. I give up. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when he pushes me off the screen. Jamil, JP, Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my head screaming, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. The BN. And no one understands a word Daniela says Either biscuit the pit bull or code right in full Well sniff your crack if you got the Jane hat Do line Excel, where's my hat? Go dip pound mass bed trans Do a little fat and lunch me some grass ass And what about Cross Rock? He's more than just down the block And then there's homegrown hops He's missing just like cars No, I don't know, I can't see, I can't see But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming I could have mixed it with chocolate and vagina. It still wouldn't help. Drink! Keeping the ass out of Brewcast. Welcome back to the show, everybody. The Brewing for Competition Part 1 show. We got Jay-Z on the line. Of course, Dr. Scott helping us out. And Randy Griggs from uh, More Beers, a BJCP certified judge. And uh, he's helping us out, it's Good too. having him around. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing a great job. Over oh. Great being here, guys. And JP's contributing uh, as well, as you can tell. How'd you belch and talk at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to move on into uh, carbonation in just a second, but I had a phone call come through, and it's uh, it's about bottling. So we'll go ahead and take it now, and we're going to move into how to bottle here in a second anyway. So uh, let's go ahead and take it. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? Who are we talking to? This is uh, Pete. I'm from uh, Missouri. Pete from Missouri. All right, brother. What's your question? Hey, uh, last time I bottled... Uh a logger. I, I had a bunch of bottle bombs, 
and it, it was nasty. It, it was everywhere. And uh, my question is, is I'm getting ready to bottle an American Pilsner. Okay. And it's lagered out. It's cold. But one thing I've learned since then is there can be, uh, I guess, cold liquids hold gas. Yes, much more than warm liquids, yes. Right. So I was wondering, how do I adjust for carbonation? Are you uh, bottle conditioning or are you forced carbonating? Um, I'm bottle conditioning. Okay. Uh, if you only had a few bottle bottles, you got to realize that uh, if you didn't attenuate all the way down... Uh-huh. You're, you're still going to have some fermentation still. So if you, you took it out of the fermenter too quick, uh, you're going to have maybe, you're going to have some yeah. residual sugar left over. Then you're throwing more sugar on top of it, and <laughs> you're going to get bottle bombs. Also, if like I mentioned before, uh, in your uh, priming bucket, if you don't mix yeah. it real well, it's right. not going to be a homogeneous solution, and you're going to get more sugar in one and not in the other. You said homo. <laughs> I meant to do that. <laughs> but uh, th- that can account for some of that. If your bottles aren't clean, uh, some, they're going to contain some uh, bugs. Most bacteria and uh, wild yeast will ferment things that uh, brewer's yeast won't. So they'll ferment even sugars that uh, you think were done. It'll, it'll ferment down and the bottles will blow. Huh, okay. okay. Uh, you, can, you could try using thicker bottles. Uh, yeah. You know, if you think they're going to do that, uh, you got some like Belgian American lager yeah uh, some stuff like that uh you're, you're still going to get gushers when you when you pop them oh these were gushers these oh were, yeah so you, you could have got them and you're just burping you yeah know. you could have got uh, an infection if it, if it tastes really dry when you taste it, it tastes okay doesn't yeah. taste infected but it tastes really dry there's just no flavor there you got an infection yeah early stages yeah. I had uh, speaking of gushers, and, and it happens to everybody. I had two two different commercial beers, two entirely different batches. They were from the same brewer. One was a twenty two ounce bottle of one batch that they did. One was a six pack of an IPA that they did. I'm not going to say the brewer because they they're generally a fantastic brewery, but but something sure, happened totally. in their bottling line, and uh, both of them. I had one one week. I had the twenty two ounce one week, and it gushed all over the place. And I had the IPAs the next week, and it gushed enough to alarm me. And then when I tasted it, it was all sour and funky. And uh, yeah. they had been around for a little while, so it kind of. Yeah, I, I think it took a while to set in. Well, also uh, most commercial beers sit on a pallet warm. Yeah, so yeah. that actually helps all that. But yeah, I'm talking about the early stages where it just dries it out. And you, you get a lot, if you pour a beer, you get a, somebody says, hey, try my beer. You pop the thing, a lot of foam, and you taste it, and it just tastes like an Orval. It's just really dry. Yeah. Uh, they, they probably, and they tell you it's a pale ale or something. Uh, you, yeah. You, you, there's an infection in there, but it's not to the point where it has the sourness or the things you would think when an infection would have. Okay. It just, it just dries the beer out. So uh, I would make sure you really clean and sanitize the bottles real well. Another thing is uh, I always ask, uh, was your wife mad at you that day? Uh, because because you're doing beer again, and, know, and she's she's really pissed off, so she starts vacuuming the house. Right when you're bottling, and when you're bottling, and, and it just it just throws dust and crap in the air. You know what? Right. You, you, you're just having an infection going right there. It's best to you know send her to the mall or something. Hey, let's go fishing in Berkeley. Right? Yeah, come on. Just, just well, I know she was. She was quite pissed after about a few weeks, you know, that smell coming out of the closet. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, with the bottle bombs, yeah. By the way, I like how modern Doc is that 
the only thing your wife would be doing is vacuuming. And the only thing you could do to get rid of her is send her to the mall. You're very 2007, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I was going to say send her to the spa, but, you know, (laughs) that's not within many people's RAM means. Does that answer your question, Pete? Yeah, I... uh, I just checked this beer. I'm going to bottle tonight, and it's down to like a a ten double oh three or a ten oh three. I mean, it is wow. Dry. That's pretty dry. It's dry. It's it's uh. It was kind of a mistaken beer. I broke all my carboys during this big ice storm we had out here, and it was nasty. So I was putting it in these. You know, you know, it wasn't the most sanitary conditions. So I was keeping my fingers crossed. So it it's almost too dry. Okay. But uh, it's it's actually uh, Jamil's recipe. Oh, very nice. How you like and, that, uh, Jamil? Yeah. Well, you know. All right. Well, but it tastes good. It's yeah. a it's a good question. I appreciate the question. You kind of sound like you kill people for a living. What do you do, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is I, I brew a lot. You don't have a job? Is no, that... it's not a job. I wish it. Was. No, he's asking. Uh, he's asking what your job yeah, is. What do you do for a living? What's your job? My my job. Let's yeah. see. Uh, I'm <laughs> in the people. aluminum business. Basically, what kind of work do you do? He's in the aluminum. He kills people. I'm yeah. telling you, this <laughs> yeah, man is a people. serial killer. I think it might be easier to. to <laughs> no, it's a contract he killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, Pete. I appreciate it. All man. right. Cheers, You're brother. Next. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. Uh, very nice, Pete. Oh, All right. Uh, let's go ahead and drunk and, of the week. <laughs> I think just funny guy yeah. of the week. That was good. creepy guy of the week. <laughs> that's you. Uh, oh. That's a that's a good question, and it's going to lead us into uh, everybody is really asking uh, questions in in several yeah, different ways about how to carbonate beer and and proper carbonation levels. Now, Jay Z, I think we've talked before about how long a beer could sit on a judging table, and you talked about maybe over carbonating a little bit for competition. You well, wanna... that was me. Oh, was that you, Doc? Yeah. Okay, you guys want to talk about that? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, there is something to be said to that. Uh, yeah, it really depends, but, uh, yeah, the, the beers will be open, they'll, they'll sit, and sometimes the judges go back and check them later, and a little bit of extra carbonation will kick out a little more of the aromatics. It'll, uh, you know, it can help some beers. Yeah, we're In not talking. I don't try and bother, but. We're not talking know. about really overdoing it but just uh you know a skosh on the high side you're trying what you're trying to do is uh compensate for what's going to happen when they're judging it has to happen they're going to swirl that beer they're going to try to get some carbonation to come out uh so they can get some smell and once they once they do that then they're going to taste it and if they've uh taken it all out uh the mouthfeel is going to go down a little bit too so you're just trying to overcompensate a bit you're not trying to change the whole character. A, What's that, Jay-Z? That brings up a good point. Uh, you know, one of the things that happens is when, you know, you may be trying your beer at home and you've got it, you know, ice cold, and you're you're drinking the beer and you think, yeah, it's nice and clean, tastes great. When it's on the judging table, it tends to be quite a bit warmer. When they judge beers, they tend to judge them, you know, a bit warmer than you might serve it at home. So it's, you know, 50 degrees to 55 degrees or something like that. All the additional flavors and aromas, any esters and any off flavors are going to come out and be much more prominent on the judging table than they will at home. So if you 
you know, want to see what it will be like when the judges taste it. Let it beer warm up a little bit and try it then and see if you still think it's a great uh, example of uh, your brewing technique. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about some other carbonation uh, issues because I had, a, like I said, a, just a lot of uh, questions come through about that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. How can you prevent over-carbonating a beer, someone wants to know? Because uh, now we're talking about kind of adjusting a little over-carb to help, and, and how can you well, prevent... Are we, are we talking about forced carbonation or uh, uh, priming sugar? I'll cover both. I mean, I, both, I think, are fairly simple answers. Uh, With me, pr- uh, priming sugar is almost a trial and error basis. Okay. Uh, and it depends on... Uh, if you pulled the beer out of uh, the conical too fast or the carboy too fast and it has some residual sugar, it all adds to it. Uh, you got to really look for what you target and know what a 2.5 beer is as opposed to a, a 2.9 beer yeah. or a 2.0 beer. As far as carbonation levels go, yeah, uh, and and try to try to fit that into what uh, uh, you know section you want to get it into. Okay. Um, it's really tough with uh, uh, priming sugar. It's a, to me, it's almost a hit and miss. You can't really oh three quarters of a of a cup is, is that going to make it? Not necessarily. Yeah, uh, it depends on a lot of things. That's why I, I force carbonate everything. That way, I can dial it right in. It's it's all about physics. Uh, how you know temperature, pressure, and that'll give me my carbonation level. Okay. All right. Uh, and and with that, I had this question come through, and I'm going to ask the question he asked, but then I'm going to lead us in another direction because I think he's kind of barking up the wrong tree. And he wants to know what is the max carbonation level for an entry. And the the thing with this is is that each style of beer has a different. It calls for a different level of carbonation, so there isn't a maximum carbonation well, what, level. What's the maximum hairiness on my dog when I enter him into a dog show? <laughs> depends on the dog. It depends on the dog. Yeah. So uh, the, the the question actually, I I think what we could take this question to be, to be a little bit better is um, if the style calls for one carbonation. And we're talking about overcarbonating well, a little. Let's just, let's just say, let's just pick a pale ale, and you want it at two point six. Okay, so if two point six is our is our ideal carbonation level for that one, right? yeah. And you can look these things up, and it'll tell you. Uh, is is that within the BJCP guidelines? Yeah. Or do you have to look. It, it's. It, I don't know well, if they list it in the outline. They just, they just the say medium carbonation or okay. high carbonation, uh, something like that. Okay. Uh, certain certain articles will tell you like. Uh, Put it up to a certain level. Okay. Uh, but you need to know what, what the difference tastes like. Okay. Uh, get a, a highly carbonated uh, Hefeweizen or highly carbonated Belgian beer uh, and get a stout. And those are your two extremes. Uh, those are two yeah. extremes mainly. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, get a, An in between. A, a, you know, a Sierra Nevada and, and that's kind of in between. Okay. And find out what those are, the, you, the actual number value, so that right. you can place a mouthfeel on so that. You, so you have that mouthfeel in your head, and yeah. you know what it is and where it kind of should be. And uh, you go into competition, and we're talking about overcarbonating a little bit. Yeah, that's, and this is what I want to get well, at. We're it. talking about you know going from a 2.6 to a 2.7, not to go from a 2.6 to a 2.9. So just a little bit over. Just enough over, because too much is going to cause other off flavors. You're okay. going to get this carbonic acid flavor. It's going to be a little harsh, a little bitter. 
And sometimes that's nice if you've got a cloying beer. I said cloying. Uh, and you want to uh, take that out. Let's say I had a c- competition beer, and it's just a little too sweet. lays on my tongue a little bit too much. I'm going to boost the carbonation in that to try to uh, pull that off of the judge's head about you know because it's going to pull it off the tongue it's going to, it's going to counteract that okay. uh, so there's certain things you can tweak into that one uh, but it still kind of goes back to what we say and put a little more carbonation in uh, colder beers hold more uh, co2 in solution as it warms up it starts to get flatter okay so if you start out with more you're going to end up with more all right Okay. Hey, Jay-Z, uh, uh, here's what we're going to do. Unless anybody else has any other CO2 questions um, or if you have anything to add, we're going to move to bottling real quick. And I just I at least want to keep you long enough to talk about counterpressure fillers with us, if that's all right with you. Um, sure. Because there's a lot of – people have a lot of questions about them, and I know that you do it exclusively. And, so do I. And John Plissé does it, and, 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 and Doc does. But Mike McDowell, for example, he doesn't use counterpressure fillers and doesn't think that they're necessary. So I want to talk about some of the advantages. And I guess I want to ask you, too, have you ever used the beer gun? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, because uh, you know, I have such an easy time with uh, regular counterpressure filler. Okay. I'm not sure what the difficulty people have with it. Right. Okay. So, but, you know, ten ten thousand bottles later, I, I'm pretty good at using the counterpressure filler. So maybe that's that's that experience. Okay. I had a lot of trouble with the counterpressure for you know. I used to get too tweaked on oh. What am I? I gotta get everything cold. Uh, the bottles gotta be cold. Oh, they're not cold long enough. I gotta put them back in the cold. And and uh, Jamil said, just pump the pressure up on everything. And so I bottle pressure at twenty five psi. Okay. Uh, and I, I and, and warm bottles. I don't get a foaming problem now. But okay. I, I wear safety well, glasses. That and, uh, <laughs> that and I, uh, I I elevate the keg. I don't I don't know if this makes a difference, but. The first counter-pressure filler I had, it was a real simple one, and it required you to elevate the keg higher than the bottle because you were essentially just starting a siphon and then, uh, you know, doing that. And, uh, but, you know, I've kept doing that, and it, I get zero foaming. I, you know, blast the beer into the bottle. I fill the bottle in less than 10 seconds, and, uh, you know, I don't get any foaming. So, okay. and I don't chill the bottles. I don't chill, pre-chill anything. I can't, the beer nice and cold, but yeah. that's pretty much it. Beer's and I cold. Use high pressure on the CO2. High pressure on the CO2, high pressure on the keg. It goes in. Wear safety glasses. Okay. Make it a bad bottle. All right. You never hang, know. Hang on a sec. You're getting a little ahead of me because I have questions about that stuff too. But I, I just wanted to say, I was asking about the beer gun because I had a lot of questions from people about the beer gun versus a counterpressure filler. I got filler. no beer gun. And I don't want to, yeah, we're not going to tackle it because nobody here has uh, experimented with it. Well, the it, principles so. are kind of the same. You yeah. have to purge the bottle first. Yeah. And it purges the bottle with CO2. Uh, once you start filling a bottle, it's already filled with CO2. You're not going to get any oxygen up- uptake. Yeah. And that's a key whether that's you're a using a, actually a, a filler or not. Uh, if you're just pouring from the tap, you want to do that Purge too. Purge the bottle first with CO2. So you guys who want the, the beer gun question, I'm just, I can't tackle it for you because we haven't evaluated it and I don't have a relationship with the company. So I, you know, we don't want to talk about that. So we'll wait until somebody who's used it comes in and we'll let send them us talk one about it. Yeah. And we can evaluate it. Yeah. It is a one-handed operation, which people are into and. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm into so one-handed operations. My counterpressures want pretty much nowadays. one-handed. I got to have the other hand ready for something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, you got you're holding the bottle because you don't want to be pulling out and hit a wall and knock the thing, knock the bottle over. So I imagine no one actually counter or uh, bottle filling with a beer gun with one hand. The other hand's holding the bottle, right? Just like in a friggin' counterpressure. I so would do it. With I don't. Hand. I don't buy that. You would just you would count on your um yeah on your hand eye coordination yes. to pull it straight yeah. out without yeah. knocking. I'm the only using one hand. The other hand's busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why I'd use one hand. The other hand's busy. Doing uh, what? Here, let me dumb this down for everybody because we've kind of jumped right into counter pressure fillers without describing that. Okay, so there's a couple ways that you can bottle. Uh, you know, if if your beer is not carbonated, if you're if you're carbonating in the bottle, then you don't have to worry about these things because you can take it right from your bottling bucket and put it into the bottle and carbonate it that way. What we're talking about is you're you're a keg guy and now you want to take your kegged beer and put it into a bottle so that you can enter it in competition. So get it from the keg into the bottle without losing all your CO2 and without staling it by uh, adding uh, any kind of oxygen. And of course, it. keeping it clean in general. Um, yes. So we're talking about with a counterpressure filler, it allows you to have a closed system and it purges the bottle with CO2, which as Doc had mentioned, keeps the oxygen out of it. It's not going to oxidize, give your beer that cardboard flavor. Um, and, and it kind of does that all in one shot. It'll purge it, it'll fill the beer, and then you cap it, and it's all been nice and clean on a cold system, uh, a closed system, rather. Now, the other way to do it, and guys like Mike McDowell, who've done great in competition, um, he doesn't use those at all, but uh, he, he goes, he kind of, he, he says he pours the beer right from the tap in, into the bottle, he holds it sideways, and he pours it in there, and he caps on foam. But one thing that's consistent across the board with people who win is that they purge the bottle with CO2, because even though he doesn't use a counter pressure, he still purges the bottle with that because because oxygen is the enemy when you're when you're bottling that beer. Uh, it, not, maybe not at first. Uh, if you're drinking your beer real quick, oh, I don't have any problem with that. I've heard that before. Yeah, and I do this and that. Well, these guys are drinking their beer that comes out of the keg. It's gone in a week. They have nothing. But if you're going to try to age any kind of beer and you get oxygen in it, it's going to show up. So uh, that that's where it comes into play. Yeah. More later on. Now, so Jay-Z, not everybody has a counter-pressure filler. What do you think about not using one to, as far as keeping that beer clean when you bottle? Well, I think it's much harder. I think, uh, you know, you can run into some, some difficulties that That's way. So and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, inconsistencies too. Yeah, serious about it. Yeah. yeah, if you're serious about it, you'll, you know, you'll get yourself a counter-pressure filler and just okay. do it that way. Okay. Otherwise, you know, uh, you might go with bottle conditioning, I guess. Ah, right. And and all this isn't absolutely necessary. We're just stacking the deck in your favor. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's all these little hints, and they all kind of add up. Yeah. So we know it's it's extra money. It doesn't mean you shouldn't enter your beer in competition if you had to bottle it however you did. So I like, uh, let, I'll just give you tips if you don't have one. I think it's great that you purge it with CO2. Make sure that you cap on foam. So, which I don't think you're going to have a problem with if you're, if you're yeah. filling the bottle from the tap anyway. But it's important that it should be overflowing with foam when you put that cap on top of it. And, uh, that's going to help keep the, that's going to push out the O2 and keep it full right. of CO2. So, uh, that's a good deal. But, uh, you know, if you're going to go for the... Cons- might, uh, go ahead. Hey, you might get yourself some oxygen-absorbing caps if you're going to be counter-pressure filling. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do make those, yes, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Or filling from the tap. Uh, you know, they're not that much more expensive, and they uh, certainly don't hurt. 
Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good idea just to keep stuff out of here. Is this who my caller is that they that they want to know? Uh, it's that's from the chat room. Uh, yeah, that's from the chat. The caller is uh, on oh, the thing. Okay, uh, how thing. long before we were talking about the oxidation? Sometimes it's a bit delayed, Doc. How long before oxidation shows up? That kind of varies. It depends. Doesn't it? it really varies on how you keep the beer. Uh, the warmer you keep the beer, the faster it's going to come up. Uh, if you keep it on a pallet or in the garage and it hits, you know. 70, 80 degrees, it's going to show up in a couple of days. Uh, if you can keep it pretty cool, pretty cold, really cold, it's going to take a long time. So it, it really depends, and it depends on the beer, too. If you've got uh, a beer with a lot of melanoidins, yeah. uh, they're antioxidant. So they're going to suck up that kind of stuff, and they're going to help. So if you've got a, a strong pourer, some, uh, a dark beer with a lot of melanoidins, you're more protected. Okay. If you've got a, a light American lager, um, your bare ass is out there, and you're gonna get sunburned, baby. Yeah. You said sunburn. <laughs> well, and you can you can leave a you know beer out on the counter for uh, a couple hours. A good example is uh, you know party kegs, and people use the air pumps yeah. to uh, serve the kegs, and they're yeah. pumping air into the keg. The next day, that beer's bad, so it can happen in you know just hours. Because oxygen gets absorbed pretty quickly, and uh, oxygen is highly reactive with a lot of things. So, uh, you know, it, it'll ruin the beer pretty quick. Okay. Hey, I got a, a good question for you, Jay Z. I don't know if you'll have the information. Um, Ask him anyway. But uh, and then I, I, I can let you get out of here too. Um, but someone had it's a, it's a nice question. Somebody asked, um, "Do do beers that place tend to favor one carbonation method over another?" Do you notice any trends no. in that? Nothing at all. No. No. Okay. So as long as the it's we're just talking about having the right amount of carbonation, however you get it. Right. Okay. So so and, nothing there. Uh, you right. know, minimal oxidation, off flavors, things like that. Uh, the way it's carbonated makes no difference. Carbonation, you know, a CO two bubble is a CO two bubble. It's uh, where it came from really doesn't matter. Okay. It's the same compound. It's, it's pretty much the same. Okay. Other, there's other things in the bottle, especially when you bottle condition, you end up with a larger amount of yeast and other matter in the in the bottle, mm-hmm. and that can actually go against you because you know bottles kind of get cho- shaken up as uh, you know they get shipped to competitions or moved around, and people don't pour them exactly as carefully as they should, and you get a big old you know slug of yeast in, in a judge's cup. Well, they're not going to like that. Kind of work around that. Yeah, it, it does affect the perception. You know, like we were talking earlier. Okay. Well, so, and, and two of the judges the other, get uh, two of the judges get really clear samples, and you get the nasty one. And then you guys start talking right. roundtable at the end of this one, because uh, one guy you know judges it at a twenty-eight, and the other ones are at like thirty-eight because they got the clear samples. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of depends. Okay. So you know, my preference is for counter-pressure filling. So. Maybe that you know says that that's better, at least as far as I'm concerned. But I think uh, it doesn't really make a big difference if you're careful. Okay, fair enough. A question from the same guy, yeah, and you're a good guy to answer this too, Jay Z. He says if he puts a little crack cocaine into his bottles, do you think that they'll be more likely to take home a medal? Oh hell yes. The probably the guy after you. Uh, I was gonna say, or everybody after you. After you. Yeah, it'd be the it'd be the exactly. I think Jay Z's right. It wouldn't be your beer. It'd be the beers after you that did really well. Well, actually, you should probably be some. Yeah, that, in there. the other ones are going to taste great. <laughs> yeah, everybody. In fact, I I should I should always try to put in a 
a stumper, you know, one with crack cocaine, yeah. and then my beer after that, and that's yeah. the one that's going to do well. <laughs> and or, you're, you're probably better off uh, just uh, hooking a dime bag to the outside of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. How does Jay Z know about dime bags? <laughs> he know, hey, Jay Z knows about stuff. He that, does. He knows about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you should probably, if you're going to dose the beer, dose it with E, because then it's like after everybody after this, that's such a good beer. I love this beer. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jamil. We are gonna. We're just gonna uh, continue a little bit on carbonation, and then start uh, right. talking about packaging beers. Is there anything overall that you want to give some tips about? Uh, you know, any advice about people who are gonna enter competition for the first time? Well, you know, all the things stuff's important, but you know, focus on the basics: the fermentation, sanitation, things like that. That's what's going to do well in competition. Okay. You know, all the other stuff, it's like Doc says, you're, you're helping the odds in your favor. But if you don't have that good base to start with, you're not going to do very well. Okay. And that is something that uh, Jamil said kind of over and over again. If the base beer is no good, then forget about it. So oh, yeah. uh, brew a good beer, be consistent, do what you do best, and, and do it well. That always goes to my, my thing about what's the difference between a B-plus and an A-minus. It's all the little things you do, and it just gets you over that edge. I thought so, it was breasts. I nah, thought that well, was the difference. Well, I don't have those. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, I don't I, know. I, not from where I'm sitting. I have, <laughs> to, do, I have to do Well, you can, you've been feeling them all night. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, Jamil. Thanks, man. I really appreciate right. the, the time spent. You're going to uh, be with us in two weeks, right? Uh, yep, I guess so. Yes, you are. <laughs> and uh, right. also the Jamil okay. show is on tomorrow morning. Uh, what's What uh, beer did you guys so cover brown, for that? Uh, English. Thing. Southern English Brown, is that what's yeah. tomorrow morning? Uh, I don't think so. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought that was coming up. Uh, I can't remember. No, it's Belgian Dark Strong Ale. Wow, okay. There you go. That's, that's what's there. tomorrow on the Jamil Show at 10 a.m. <laughs> Belgian Dark Strong Ale. You can tune in at 10 for that, and the download will be available as well. Thanks a lot, Jamil. appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. All right, brother. We'll see you. Uh, good dude, Jamil. Always spending time with us, and that's very nice of him. He's a busy guy doing that book now, too, you know? He's over there in bookland. He always says how busy he is. He doesn't doing do that book. You know what I'm like? I'm like stroking him right now. He doesn't do shit. Well, let's, let's call John Palmer and see how busy yeah. he is. <laughs> I've talked. I've called Jamil. Hey, what are you doing, Jamil? I just woke up sitting on the couch. He doesn't do anything. He was thinking about the book. <laughs> I'm problem solving the book. Nah, he's got a lot of shit going on right now, so I appreciate that. Time. Are we going to get advanced copies? That's my real question. I doubt are it. Are we going to get signed copies? I doubt Probably, that, yeah, too. I doubt that. I don't even, <laughs> I'm not positive Jamil even likes us anymore. <laughs> he's not going to send us signed copies. I'd write on the book, but uh, then it would get dirty. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I don't want to dirty it up. Yeah. In fact, I won't even give it to you. I'll keep it in my house. <laughs> the inside back cover, and then your grandkids will see it. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, when you're dead, and they're going to look through all your stuff, and, and they look through that back of that book, and they got this nasty thing from Jamil to you in this brewing book. Yeah. Oh, Grandpa was, oh, ah. Uh. <laughs> All right, I've got a lot of random uh, <laughs> random questions to cover, but uh, why okay. don't we? I don't think it'll take too long to cover packaging. So this is kind of the, the last package. part of uh, getting your beer off the competition. Hopefully, you've bottled it properly. You said um, getting your beer off. What? Come on, fellas! <laughs> now you, you look at. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, though, this is amazing. This is going to be the first time in Brewing Network history. This is actually, this is a moment right here. What? I'm tired of the juvenile. Oh, wow. <laughs> How unbelievable is that? That for the first, like, even that I'm like, applause, yeah. I'm ready to get the information out to you folks, and I'm tired of the juvenile jokes. Uh, so we covered getting you bottled and all that whole thing. So uh, people have some really basic questions about how to ship beer to competition. And, and Doc, you've got some good tips about this. How are we going to keep the beer safe and healthy from our house to the competition? Oh, you got to remember where it's going to and think about where it's going. If you're shipping to Florida and it's the summertime, uh, you better do it overnight. Just you know, eat it up. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. But if it's got a good beer and you're shipping it to Florida... In the summertime, it's going to sit somewhere hot. Yeah, you that's don't not want to cool. Go maybe two, maybe two, three days, and that's not cool. So you want to do the overnight. Okay. Uh, some people ship it with a little bit of a cold pack in there, uh, things like that. If it's you know during the winter time, you don't have to worry so much about it sitting in the airport storage yard for a day or so. Yeah. So y- you got a little bit more uh, leeway with that one. Uh, that's one thing to think about. Uh, if it's going to be close enough. You might want to find somebody that might be driving down there. Uh, Jamil used to drive down to uh, San Diego with his stuff, so uh, we'd throw it in his truck and uh, get it down there for the competitions. Yeah. Or you maybe want to drive it there. If you really you got something good, take it there yourself. That's if the it's best close, way. yeah. That's the best way to do it. Mailing's not a bad thing. Don't do... Uh, USPS. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and do that, FedEx or, U- or UPS. UPS, FedEx. Most of the time they don't ask you what it is. They'll ask you if it's hazardous or something and say no. Yeah, unless uh, it's my beer. Then uh, I just tell yes. me, like, just think you're, you're, I always think, you know, in my head, I'm mailing this beer to my brother as his birthday present. Yeah. And let's see, is this anything, uh, what's, what do you got? In that? It's a birthday present for my brother. Something like, oh, okay. They don't think about it. You know, I'm, not looking like I'm I'm sending drugs yeah, out. Yeah, so don't because worry they, about it. They can it. actually go into the back and open it up if they want to. It's not the U.S. mail. And all they're going to do is tell you, no, we can't ship it. So right, just relax. Don't worry about and, it. And most of the time, these people working in there don't know they can't ship it. Yeah. Or don't know they can ship it. Yeah. So don't even give it to them to let them even think that. And by the way, why are there a bunch of empty glasses in this studio? What the hell's going on around I don't think here? A, I don't think there's a glass with anything in it right Daniela now. leaves for two weeks, and uh, all don't of a sudden, uh, we're <laughs> a bunch of sober... Pussies. Hey, H2, you mind uh, grabbing? Hating the juvenile and by the stuff. Way, you know, just bring that cooler in here so that we don't have to go through this problem for the rest He's of the night. He's big enough. You know he he can handle that. That's got yeah. six growlers in there. Brian's a good guy. He's been hooking a brother up for a couple of days now, bringing some good beer over here. He might as well be drinking it, right? I got Bob on the line who had a bottling tip before we keep going with shipping. It's a tip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob. Sorry I left you on hold for an hour and a half. Yeah, hey man, it's your dime. Good thing I donated today, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, you got a bottling tip for us? Yeah, for those of you who don't want to put out some money to buy your own counter pressure and you have a he said, modicum of, uh, you know, tweaking, you know, home improvement type stuff you want to do, if you get a stopper that's, you know, a drill stopper that fits inside the mouth of your bottle just right, you can put a, a tube, I said tube, all the way into the bottom of the bottle, you know, and leave it like a half inch off the bottom. Yeah. And use your Cobra tap onto that. And then just right in the side, stick a, a needle like you used to fill a basketball or whatever. Yeah. To let the pressure off. Okay. Shove that bad boy. Oh, you're a heroin addict? Go for it. And you're, uh. <laughs> 
I think Bub just described a uh, trailer park counter pressure filler, actually. Yes. But that's a, that's a great idea. And I think you know the key really is to a tube going from your tap to the bottom of the bottle. If, if uh, the most you could you could do with just that, the most basic of things. But that's a great idea that. Uh, Stick that stopper on there, and it really uh, you know, yeah. gives it some back pressure, keeps it from foaming as bad. And that's great too. But make sure you, like you said, do the needle. You got to relieve the uh, the pressure as well. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, you so. Don't want to freak out thinking, oh, I've got this beer and I can't put it in a bottle because I don't have a bottle uh, pressure counter pressure filler. Uh, get it in there somehow. Yeah, and, there's ways to uh, do. It. There's ways to do it. You can pur- purge it somehow and uh, and fill it from the tap if you want. Put it put a. Uh, vinyl tube on the tap and run it to the bottom of the bottle and bottom fill it that's another way cheap way to do it you'll eventually you'll get to a counter pressure filler uh and but open that tap all the way up yeah. don't pussy on it man. yes just foam crank it, it yeah that's true you got a uh, too little pressure will foam just as much <laughs> as too much pressure so uh, that's right open that sucker right up all right hey good tip bub i appreciate it man all righty see you brother so don't be afraid to go low tech yeah. All right. Uh, listen, I'm going to say right now, uh, there's too much fucking testosterone in this studio, and we got to get a new uh, chat moderator quick. It's empty glasses. This is getting is the ridiculous around here, and uh, for me to be saying this is really unbelievable. So you know, because your glass is empty, that's why you're getting ugly on it. You know that it must even smell like penis in here if I'm saying the testosterone is that high. Like that's how bad it is. I got to get a chick in that chat room asap, folks at home. I'm working on it. Trust me, I'm gonna. I just don't. I'm just. I don't want to hire any like random girl to sit there. I want someone of quality. But at this point, I think any random girl in here might loosen up the the thick disgustingness that's going on in the studio right now. What do you want? (laughs) What's uh? I don't know. I can just. Why is it too much? It's just too much. All the you said, she said. It's just too much right now. Too much. I don't like it. He's pent up. I thought it was because uh, Randy got his first back massage from Crazy Yeah, Jack. that, and you got Jack Crazy Jack, Jack, Jack yeah, walking around that. giving man massages <laughs> right now. It's Jack's touching me. It's unbelievable. You know, while you're off topic real quick on, on uh, as far as bottling competition beers go, I yeah. uh, just want to bring up real quick concentration levels of sanitizer. Uh, a lot of people often think you know, more sanitizer the better yeah it's it's real important to go by by what's recommended by by the manufacturer right. of, uh, of them and y- it definitely comes out you know i've had beers where y- you can taste take the, the iota, iota you can taste yeah. the iota four absolutely excellent if the point. iota four says 12.5 parts per million go with 12.5 parts. don't absolutely. go with 25 parts per million because it's going to come through. You're going to leave a little residual in this and leave the bottle wet. Yeah. You know what? You can leave some residual in there, and you're, they're going to taste iota for it. There you go. Okay. Uh, your bleach, guys. Bleach is cheap. Uh, it, yeah. It comes It comes up. Uh, you guys got to watch that, too. Yeah. You pretty much have to really rinse that. And I always think, well, what am I rinsing with? Non-sanitary water. Yeah. Uh, rinse the Don't. other stuff with it. Yeah, and sanitize the other stuff with it. I I, I went iota for for a long time, uh, but it turned all my plastic stuff like that that dingy brown color. So I kind of got away from that. And then Star Sand came in. Hey, well, good. Star Sand's great. Yes, it is. But uh, iota four is cheap, and you can make a big batch of that. You got that big muck bucket, that big red thing you can get from uh, uh, Home Depot. It's a great for submerging things into. Uh, and iota four is cheap. You can make a big thing of that. If you don't mind uh, your hoses and stuff turning, uh, um, yeah, that brown color. Yeah. What the hell? I don't mind my hoses turning brown. They look brown anyway. 
Where you been? Yeah. <laughs> There's too much testosterone in here, Doc. <laughs> Where's your hose been? All right, last thing about packaging that people want to know is should they ice pack those beers? Should they put some ice in there? Again, that depends. Okay. Uh, where are you standing it and how long is it going to sit on a hot tarmac? So it's not a standard? You should, you no, don't no, always... no, no, no. Okay. Um, your beer can survive... Oh, easily 24, 48 hours, as long as it doesn't go up to 90 degrees somewhere. Yeah. Um, if you're sending it to, uh, you know, New York or Minnesota for a, a midwinter, you know, barley wine fest, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your darker beers are going to be fine. Uh, but if you're sending it in the middle of summer to uh, the southern coast, uh, you know, Louisiana kind of stuff. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wonder where it's gonna be, and your ice pack isn't gonna last three days. It's gonna last one day. So it depends on uh, what you're gonna be doing. Styrofoam does make a good insulation yeah. for uh, for when you uh, are bubble, using a white bubble wrap works good too. Yep. Uh, and Justin, we're talking early on about packaging. We gonna go to that yet? Uh, yes. Uh, when you're packaging things, uh, bubble wrap works really good. Uh, think of the guys on the other side. They have to unwrap all this stuff. They're volunteers. They're cutting through tape and bubble wrap. They're cutting. They're taking out uh, newspaper and those goddamn peanuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ghost poop. Yeah, they hate. The <laughs> they don't like the ghost poop coming out of there. I, I always recycle it and, and keep it and send it back to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you double, triple wrapped your stuff, yeah, they gotta cut it out of there. You know, have a heart for the guy on the other end. Well, and and it's uh, they're do- they're not doing it to be mean, but it is overkill. It's not necessary. Right. As long as the bottles don't clink together, they're not gonna break. I would go. You know, they one can, wrap of bubble wrap, or, uh, bubble wrap around the bottle, right. it's a and newspaper. then s- and then some stuff in the box. Right, it's and a new- that's newspaper's it. great. Yeah, uh, as long as they don't clank together, they're not going to break. When you seal it up, shake the box. If it's shaking around, you didn't put enough newspaper if you, if in you, there. No, if you hear some clankety clank, and that's, that's obviously that's a bad yeah. thing. But don't. Uh, and the same thing when you guys send beer here, and there's like eight pieces of tape with eight pieces of bubble wrap around each individual bottle. Have I'm a not, heart. I, it like takes me twenty minutes to get to your bottle. Imagine <laughs> these guys that got a hundred entries to pull out of boxes. Yeah, it's much uh, worse. They're getting a little tired of this one. Uh, and uh, one more thing is put everything into a garbage bag. Okay. Uh, just in case, because uh, you make it in unpressurized hold. I've done that, and my beer has leaked all over my my underwear, my socks, and everything else. Yeah. I was taking homebrew down to my my brothers. Uh, down in Southern Cal, and I put it uh, into my my checked luggage. Oh, I had I had beer flavored socks and underwear. Nice. Probably the underwear is probably pretty good. Yeah, it was better than it started. The, the socks weren't good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the, the it, but it just it just went everywhere. Okay. Uh, so put it all in a garbage bag and, and seal it. That's the last thing you do, and then uh, put it in there and uh, don't use too much tape. It's not good. All right, let's cover some random uh, questions. If you have anything else you need to know about shipping the beer, let us know, 888-401-BEER, or join JP in the chat room. bunch of things that came in throughout the show. We're going to cover this now. Um, for those that clean bottles in a dishwasher, which, by the way, is not a horrible way to, to clean them before you sanitize them. You're only cleaning them. They want to know how long you let the bottles cool before using. And I would jump right in and say... Um, I don't think you're. I don't think if, you're cleaning them well. Yeah, but I exactly. think you're sanitizing them well. You're not taking them right from the dishwasher to the, and then and then going ahead and put beer in them. You got to sanitize well, them anyway. I think so. I think the heat 
and the liquid or the or the water vapor is going to sanitize them. You think yeah. so? Yeah, in there, but it'll be fine as long as it's over 150 degrees. And most of them are. Some okay. are like 170, 180 degrees. But that the water doesn't get in to wash it up into the bottle. Yeah. So they got to be clean bottles to begin with. Yeah. So run them through clean first. Clean them, bottle brush them, get them really clean, put them in the dishwasher, run them through a cycle with no soap on them, and uh, they're going to come out of there pretty sanitary because uh, the heat and the, and the moisture is what helps sanitize it. The moisture is like in an autoclave. Yeah. It's what brings the heat everywhere is that moisture okay. rather than a dry clave. Also, so, uh, it's important to preface with don't use... Detergent. You're not actually putting in just the hot water. Just hot water. And, yeah. yeah. Even run a cycle through without putting anything in first. If, to exactly. If you're out. real anal about it, just run it through with nothing in there. Yeah. And let it uh, purge. Yeah. And then uh, go to the point where you put the bottles in there. Because that detergent, if it's if there's residue left in your bottle, it's going to kill your head retention. It could uh, could cause off flavors, things like that. So you don't you don't want that. <laughs> Doc, you're a funny bastard. <laughs> yes, uh, okay, oh, here's a go ahead. So I was gonna say, uh, Gucci wanted me to re- to correct you, Doc, that uh, cargo holds are pressurized. Okay. No, is that right? Yeah. Are they all car? Are they all still? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he is. A I, pilot. I, thought, I thought some were and some weren't, even in the same plane. Yeah, if you're flying to uh, some third world country, but then your compartment might not be and this pressurized was, either. This was a good 10, 12 years ago, so it could have changed. All right. Uh, after a counter pressure uh, bottle filler is used, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hey, this, this studio is driving me nuts today. Yeah, I'm out of here. This show's over. I'm out of here. Get that cooler out of here, too. I got the cooler clanking. I got people chatting. I got testosterone up to my ears. I am <laughs> I am fed up today, fellas. You're uh, the only one. I'm having a breakdown over here. As long as you don't you know what? Air, it's you're, all right. You're, you're working yourself into a tizzy. <laughs> you said tizzy. Uh, my head... I, you know, I, I should do this particular show without my headphones on, because I can hear what the listeners are hearing, and it's disgusting. Uh, after using a counter-pressure bottle filler, will it foam when you pull out that filler? You know, you've you've gotten it there, and you uh, just answer the question, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you, you whip it out of the bottle. <laughs> Is it going to foam over or um, not? Yes. It, uh, sometimes I, it's weird because sometimes I have a bottle that it depends on the beer first. Uh, if I'm I'm doing a pale ale, more so than not, yeah, it, it, I got to get it under that capper and cap it real quick. I'm capping on foam, baby. Yeah. And uh, other times, if I'm brewing something else, and it's not so often. Okay. But uh, maybe every tenth bottle or so is a gusher. It just starts going. But and that's almost good, isn't it? Because you want to cap on foam. Yeah, but when you like, by not the time you get much. it over there and you fumble a little bit and you got uh, two thirds of a bottle, no, that's not going to competition. Okay. And uh, well, that's, I'm drinking that one, and it, it goes off of that. And I uh, I read some recently as uh, what's going on with that, and it might be because there's some inconsistencies in the bottle or dirty bottle. I rinse all my bottles, and generally they're all new bottles. So I, I kind of wonder about that. I wonder if it was just me. I jostled the bottle around a little bit. I let a little pressure out because I was, I was doing some other things. I was holding that counter-pressure bottle filler in, and a little, little pressure off, or I filled it too fast, uh, things like that. But uh, it depends on the bo- in, on the beer first. Uh, certain beers will just – got really got to watch it. And some of them I have to have a second person there. 
the other other bottles, it just goes off, and I, every tenth one or so, oh, it's foaming real fast, and I, I cap it real fast. But uh, you, it's a rhythm you get into. It, you, you know your own your own stuff. You know your own rhythm. Uh, what you're going to be doing, and it, you just get down a, a whole thing where you the Zen thing works for your whole bottling thing. Okay, it's good. That's a beautiful description. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come watch me, brew. You, there'll be one too. The chat room's uh, getting on you a little bit there, Jay. I could give a shit. I'm done. I'm out of here. He, he likes clean radio. So clean. The, this is like the worst radio we've done in a long time. Oh, it time. is not. I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. That's okay. what's happening. Well, because so. you didn't have the you know studio police in here. I need the studio. I need I need to hire somebody. Shotgun with rubber bullets. Who is just here to be a dick. You know, H2's kind of like, big. That's his job is I just to, to yell at people for making noise and... Uh, and keep this studio the way it should be. Let me just take this call directly, JP. I'll right. relieve you of your phone uh, screening duties for Thank one you. second. I appreciate that. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening, man? Caller, you could go right ahead. <laughs> See, he loves this, too. <laughs> hey, all right. Because they want to talk to JP. Oh, good Lord. Are we almost done? What else do I have here? This is uh, killing you, isn't it? Hey, Doc, how do you decide on what beer to brew for a competition? You know, should you experiment uh, or should you just decide on on a style and go for it? That's what someone wants to know. Well, it's, it's, it's the, the White Brothers uh, comment. It depends. How come it has to be a race thing? No, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just depends. Uh, yeah. I brew 20 gallons at a time. And I gotta think, what am I gonna have left over? And that's what you send to competition. See, well, I like it's the like, way you think. Whatever I'm not gonna drink is what goes to competition. Well, I, it was like, <laughs> no, it's more. It's like, okay, I want to put this into competition. Am I gonna want to drink the rest of it? Yeah, I'm not gonna brew a Pliny and have 20 gallons of Pliny and send some into competition. And then I'm gonna look at this big hoppy beer that I don't want to drink. Okay, I'm a malt, I'm a more malt guy than a hoppy guy. I, I'll enjoy it once in a while, but at, you know, 15 gallons of Pliny, I'll I'll give it away before I do that one. So if I'm really good at something, uh, I'll I'll put that in. If I want to experiment at something, maybe I uh, I want to try a new ingredient just to try to edge something, a, a Belgian ale or something like that. I'll I'll do that one. If it comes out great, that's the one that's going. But I, I kind of go that direction. Um, I want to see how it turns out. If it turns out the way I had planned and the brewing process went all good and it, it came out a nice beer and I like it, yeah. I'm going to send it in and okay. see how it goes. It's, yeah, I'm more or less testing myself. Yeah, and you want the feedback on it and all I want the, rest, the feedback so, yeah. on, on what this is and see if I, if I, my feedback, if I put it into the right category, if I, uh, put the right twist on this beer. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's go back, uh, and Randy, you can help us out with this. Uh, we had talked about experimental, the experimental category earlier. And someone wants to know if we can classify what an experimental beer is. Specifically, they want to know, is that a beer that doesn't fit in, if, if it doesn't fit into any style, is it then an experimental beer, or is there something else? Experimental are often uh, called specialty beers. Uh, a lot of things that... It would go against Reinhardt Squat, you know, anything that's outside your four basics, you know, if you, if you want a wood age, uh, beer. If or an Imperial Hefeweizen. Uh, yeah, right. If you want okay. to just create your own styles as you go, uh, it, you know, fruit beers are often, uh, they kind of have their own, uh, area now, but if it's just funky and you just have some flavors that you know 
aren't really characteristic of any one style, uh, it'll fit into that category. But it's a good reason to to know your styles and be very aware of what styles are out there for yeah. you. You know, you can always go to bjcp.org. Uh, the beer judge certification program uh, website and and familiarize yourself with what categories are out there and and what they envelop and what characteristics they hold true yeah it's got to okay. be a great beer to begin with you taste it and it's like that's a great beer but i don't know where to put it it doesn't fit into this it's kind of that but it doesn't fit into this or that okay uh, say you got a, a beer with some weird herb that uh, just tastes great. Yeah, we got one of those around here, by the way. An herb beer? A beer with some great herb in it, yeah. apparently. <laughs> it sent to beer. us, yeah. Um, if you've got that, and it's, it doesn't quite fit into the spice beer yeah. category, uh, and everybody thinks it's great, you know it's well-balanced, put it in there. Uh, as he was saying, it's like, you know, it's it's the catch-all category. It, it catches a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, Okay. All right, Doc, explain. We were talking about carbonation. Explain parts per million and, and do it so that I understand. So talk to me like I'm an idiot. Uh, it's a concentration level. Most of the things are not on how much you put in. It's like people ask me, you know, how many teaspoons of gypsum should I put in? Yeah. Well, it depends on how much you already have and uh, how many uh, how, how much volume you're putting in. Yeah. Parts per million, it, it, it's a concentration uh, quotient. So you, you really want to know... At what it, what level? Taste taste thresholds are on concentration, and parts per million. Most things are are left up to parts per million. It's, it's like grams per milliliter, yeah, which is parts per million. So uh, when you're thinking that, most when you're looking at uh, you, don't, you usually don't have to figure that out. It's usually there for you. Uh, someone says you need so many parts per million to make it into this. Yeah. Uh, there's a software out there if you got to do that. If it's water chemistry, um, which is mostly what it is. Okay. Parts per million is water chemistry. But when you say carbonation 2.6, it's 2.6 no, parts per million? No, no, or no, no, no. It's volume, not, no. actually. That, ah. that's, that's volumes of CO2. Oh, okay. In uh, uh, X amount of uh, so this is just when we're talking about what your water looks like when you're, when like you're putting uh, ions or solids or whatever um, atoms into into uh, a solution. Okay, it has to do with concentration level and taste thresholds are concentration based. Is it is this is the is the scientific definition? It's uh, of how many molecules in a million? How many parts of it are a specific uh, uh, molecule? Is yes, that parts yes, per million? Parts okay. per million. So if you have a million uh, uh, particles and 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 uh, per water per and, water basically. Okay, and let's say that uh, let's say zinc or something. If if, if thirty uh, something thirty of them per million are well, whatever the substance one is. One part per million. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got one. You got a one ounce of uh, water. It's one millionth of an ounce. It's your one part per million. Okay. So it, it's. Some thresholds, uh, like um, IBUs, go up in pretty much five parts, five part thresholds. So if if you're tasting a 25 uh, IBU beer, yeah, you won't taste a difference in a 28 IBU beer. Okay, 29 maybe. 30, 30, 30 yes. you're going to taste a difference. Okay, so every five, it's going to be a threshold. Uh, when you're talking about uh, water chemistry, you're going up in parts per million because you want to hit a certain target and not go over a certain target. 
Okay. Uh, but when people ask how much should I add to this, I don't know what you're starting with. You might have some, some, say you got 50 parts per million sulfate in yeah. there. And you're asking me how much gypsum to put in there. Uh, depends on what you're brewing. Because if you're brewing a, a pale ale, you want to really want to have the hops shine through. So you want to have a high sulfate level. So you're going to want to add more. But okay. as in parts per million, it's, it's tough to throw it into like teaspoons per gallon. You can do it. <laughs> but uh, Sorry. Uh, basically the easiest way is uh, go to Ken Schwartz uh, for, for water chemistry. Uh-huh. KenSchwartz.com. Uh, he's got a great uh, website. He's got a, a little uh, brewing uh, software called uh, Brew Water. Uh, play with that a little bit. You can add in. It, it's really fun to play with, and you can add in how much water you have. It, it'll it'll go from parts per million into how many teaspoons you need to put in. Okay. It's all about concentration. Don't worry about you know what is parts per million. It's all about concentration. All right. Let's There's go to the uh, easy access to find out what you've got in your local tap water by going to the the city sites, and they they often have links to of what your water yeah, looks like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, that's we got one a water way to go. show coming up, by the way, too. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to the phones. Old tree, what's happening, brother? What can we do for you? Hey. Hey. This is Augie. Hey, Augie. Is it the real Augie or Louis. fake Augie? And it sounds like they're eight. No, it's Augustus. It's the real Augie from St. Louis, but. <laughs> Not Anheuser Busch related. Hang on a second. How come everybody who's calling in tonight sounds like a serial killer? <laughs> is it is that is it me or they're very slow and very methodical. And they're all from Missouri too. <laughs> it's like Missouri phone night. All right, sorry, Augie. I think the Missouri might have something to do with it. <laughs> Nothing much happened no, in was, Missouri tonight. Uh, there was a post that I think the shark blew the head in the, in the chat room that yeah. I wanted to I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Okay, it was. Uh, what do you think about the uh, entering small competitions versus big competitions? You know, where do you get the best feedback? Where okay. might it not even be worth your time? I got a lot to say on that one. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Hang in there, Augie. Hang on a sec. Um, no bias. You know, one thing, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not competition experienced, but one thing that I've heard people say, and Jamil has definitely said. It, in fact, he said it tonight. Uh, um, you know. I don't know that it's the size of the competition that matters. It sounds to me like it's the uh, it's what judges are at the competition. Yep, and Jamil absolutely. has said, you know, if if a competition has a reputation for getting high quality judges, then no matter where it is and what size it is, that's the one you should enter because. It, Judges who don't know what they're talking about can can uh, they're not going to give you a lot of good information about yep. your beer. So I don't know if it's small or large as much as it is how good the judges are that are at that competition. Now how you find that out, I don't know. Well, what are you trying to get out of it? Are you trying to get uh, good judging sheets yeah. that are going to like help you on your next beer, yeah. or you're trying to win a gold? Uh, it. That, you know, was, that was the original question. Was was what's the best to get feedback? Feedback, like good is, feedback. Yeah, yeah, feedback is a bigger competition that has a, a better judges. Definitely, because the smaller competitions they have a little trouble getting judges. Uh, they get people that know beer, but maybe they're not a, a judge that are going to judge it in the criteria you want to have. So go with that. Mm-hmm. The and. You're going to get better feedback from a, probably a larger competition. Yeah. Yep. You'll do worse probably uh, because there's more people in there. Uh, you enter a, a pale ale in a really big competition. You know, it's got 60, 70 entries. Mm, you know, you're not. You're going to be a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. 
But you're going to get some really good feedback. They're going to tell you how your next pale ale is going to be better. Yeah. Instead of telling them. That's important. Instead of making, you know, you get silver medal in something, a small one, and they tell you, they're really great. I I drink a lot of that. And that's all you got. That's all you got out of it. Yeah. It sounds to me like, you know, I really think you ought to ask around. And I think you ought to talk to people who have entered competitions before, whatever one you're thinking of entering, and ask them how the judging was and how the feedback was. Because they're probably going to get the same judges again, and it, it happens to be regional. So... I think ask around to people who have entered the competition if you're looking for the best feedback. So. That's, a, that's a whole other topic about regional yeah. Uh, competitions. Yeah. Good question, though, brother. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Cheers. Right. Thanks, guys. All right. Don't go killing anybody out there, Augie, in Missouri. I like Missouri, actually. They, it's a good state. Yeah. Is it? It is a good state. I've, I've been there a couple of times. and a uh, cattle farmer. It's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty nice state, you know. Because? It's got a they river have, running through it. Got a river. They have all the stealth bombers in our in our uh, government's uh, military. If that's not reason enough, I don't know what is. So what if everybody who calls in from Missouri sounds like a serial killer? But he, he brought up. I'm a not good, judging. There's a good point about regional brews. Yeah. Uh, if you're certain parts of the country, they're more geared towards certain things. Uh, if you're going to brew a beer like a a pale ale and you put it into New York or Midwest and you really do a lot of California hops, you're not going to do as well. Yeah. But if you do the, do something that would suit them and you put it into a Northwest competition, you're going to fail too. So always think that in mind too. All right. Uh, different regions have different things. Uh, Midwest is more German based. Uh, New England, East Coast is more English based and uh, West Coast we're just like, you know, hot rods here. So and hopheads and hopheads. Yep. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening, brother? Hey, it's Hop Goblin. Hey, hops. What's happening? Totally sober tonight. Wow. Why? You at work or something? How are you fellows doing? Hey, we're doing all right. What can we do for you? I just called to say hi because I've missed the last couple of missions last week and want to make sure you're doing okay. We're here and alive and doing fine, and it smells like penis in the studio. How does that I sound? Bet. <laughs> I bet it does. It's not my pants. Yeah. Uh, Doc showered, so it's not his. Yes, pants. I did. Uh, I did not shower, and I haven't since. You know Danielle what? I was left. thinking. I, I went. I went. I went two and a half days. Yeah. I thought of you. Yeah. Two and a <laughs> half days is nothing, dude. That's. I, I know, but I hadn't shaved. I hadn't showered. I clean. I t- changed underwear. Did you feel dirty? Well, when I thought of you, I did. Because two, two and a half days for me shaving is... shaving your palms? Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Two and a half days to me is like fresh and clean, man. I'm good. Yeah, I've gone five once. Five is, well, five is, my, five yeah. is my average. I go yeah. about four and a half, five days now, before I finally hey, take a shower. You use you Mitchum underneath the arms? It's Pretty good. much. Yeah. Yeah, I put on deodorant. I change my clothes. You know, that's well. So you, need you wear a hat. I wear a hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. Check it up on us. We're doing uh, just fine. Thank you, Hop Goblin. That's good. Glad to hear it. I'm and, working on another batch of my special uh, Hop Goblin brew. Yeah, we haven't had your first batch yet, so you did get my email about the explosiveness of that. Yeah, I did, and uh, I'm gonna. It's still good. You just gotta. The t- it tasted great. It. That email. Don't worry. I'm gonna point it at JP. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make some more for you. Thanks, brother. With some non-Hefeweizen, uh, because I know you don't like Hefeweizen. Yeah, I don't like the Hef. Give me a nice uh, special PA, if you know what oh. I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> All uh, right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Cheers. See ya. <laughs> All 
right, eight 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 four zero one beers the number. Uh, I got to take a break, guys. I need a break. I got to get out of this. Yeah, you need a break. Yeah, you know, this penis room, and we got a couple more questions left. Then we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna give you the announcement first about yeah. our uh, yeah. our anniversary show when we come back. I don't even know if I've played the this break yet. No, you haven't. Are you sure? I haven't had a break in a long time. Was the last break, (laughs) did I have drinking with me Jesus on the last break? No. No, you did not. Not that I remembered. I think I did, and I'm going to play it again anyway. That's a good song. uh, All right. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to go revitalize with some sour beers. When we come back, I'm going to be ready to go, and we're going to wrap things up. (laughs) That's that's how ready to go I'm going to be. And I'll give you the uh, great announcement about the anniversary party. I'm actually really excited about this, so hang in there. We'll be right back, guys. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Boom Network.
The Brewcaster. The Brewcaster. On the Brewing Network. Alright, I gotta say, I really feel better because we had vagina in the room at yeah. the break, and you know uh, what? it just changed your whole attitude. Oh, man. it just really wow. changes because it doesn't smell like it's man smelled, juice anymore. It in here. Beautiful. I'm here. ready to do another three hours of show now. Let's go! Oh, you got us all worked. Play, oh, five, yeah. play five o'clock and let's do it. One of my roommates had a friend over, and she came in to look at the studio, and now it doesn't smell like penis anymore, and. Uh, it's all right now. Wow. We're ready to go. We're good. It's rock yeah. and roll, Doc. No, it's yeah. like I had a, just had a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to yeah. go. <laughs> all right. Uh, 888-401-BEER is the phone number, everybody, if you got any questions. We're going to wrap things up right oh, now, man. so do it now, or we're getting out of here. You can do join it. JP in the chat room. i got a couple more questions in front of me still. Um, somebody had asked, and this was well early into the show. Why did you tell me you were earlier? They asked, is Doc drunk? <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> and I would say that even right now, Doc's not drunk. He's feeling happy. We're starting to get I, a little I, better. I came in, I, I drank a lot of water, uh, knowing that H2 was here. Yeah, because you yeah. <laughs> And uh, I drank a lot of water. Last time, me and him just got hammered. Yeah, so Brian H2 came into town, and he came into town with his... So uh, I drank a lot of water before I got here. I ate a lot of food, yeah. so uh, I'm good. But I've been drinking... Uh, Pretty much straight uh, Russian River Belgians. Yeah, that's what we've been drinking all night. H two's uh, he brought his general manager in from HCA Industries, hanging out with us too. And uh, he had to show him good beer. Well, yeah. So we hit Russian River last night, and uh, the poor guy, man, he's not used to it. This morning we had a meeting this morning, and uh, just to cover a few things, and uh, you know. He, H2's general manager is supposed to be there too. And uh, he didn't, he didn't make it. <laughs> and we felt so bad for him because they're like, man, we really kind of put the hurt on him because uh, we gave him good beer, but he's not used to it. Uh, it wasn't just good beer. It was good Russian River beer, which yeah. tends to be a little yeah. up there on the alcohol scale. Plus, he had been up since 4.30 in the morning to catch the flight out here, the whole thing. Guy was in tough well, shape. Well, I, I would imagine you guys were feeling a little bit bad. Yeah. And he was feeling a lot he was, bad. And that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> exactly. Brian and I, we met up this morning. We're like, how are you? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not 100%. I'm not going to run a marathon, but I'm all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much me too. Let's have some coffee and uh, get down to it. And I'm like, where's Larry? Uh, yeah, Larry, ain't Larry ain't gonna make it, man. <laughs> He's a good dude. We just uh, kind of broke him in a l- one night too early. <laughs> he, was, he was riding the tile in the in the bathroom at the hotel. Hey, he's out there getting a he's out there getting a mansage from Jack right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't like people touching me, so which is much. the I know, best, man. He like Jack was going around doing the massage in the room like he does. He's a dirty man, and uh, I was waiting for him to come that, around that here to me. That just just a, a you know a vector for him. Yeah, I was gonna cut that off right there but he never I, made it around him i think he knows i fought him off i slapped at his hands and he was he kept coming i'm surprised how well he took to randy you know the first time jack congratulations man <laughs> all right good. let me do uh, some anniversary show uh, announcements i'm going to cover up a couple of questions more and then we're uh, you know we're getting the hell out of here um okay Anniversary show uh, updates. This is exciting stuff for me. I have an official... Um, and I still think you're insane, but go ahead. For for doing it at this place or for... I don't know if I'm going to announce what you think I'm insane about uh, Okay. I, 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 that's what I think you're insane yeah, about. No, that, that part's going to be great. I don't know if I'm going to announce that. All right. Our official insane. venue for the... Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, 2007 Brewing Network anniversary party. Uh, and, and this is kind of cool that I realized, uh, Doc. It's our second anniversary for the Brewing Network show and the first anniversary for my Brewcast FM show. And we're Ooh, just gonna wow. we're gonna combine oh, yeah, them together oh, because I started in May. Uh, I started oh, it was the same. It was, uh, Vinny, was, same. Vinny was on the show. Yeah, yeah. I started was, the end of May uh, in uh, 2006, and it's gonna be right about that time, close enough to celebrate them both together. So it's a dual anniversary party. Oh yeah, it'll be good. I'm gonna be promoting it on the FM station in the Bay Area here, which is a big signal. So that should hopefully bring quite a draw out there. Can I get hammered? And uh, you can get hammered yeah. after our I, big surprise. I know. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. That's, that's but we're going to be broadcasting live from the Bistro in Hayward, which is a really Yay. great beer bar down there. And they're big on having music there too. The it's guy Bart, has Bart Close. It's Bart Close. In Very fact, Bart I'm gonna. Friendly. That's a that's a big part of what we're gonna do. I'll tell you about that in a second. We are gonna be broadcasting live from the Bistro in Hayward. And by the way, this is nothing against the Two One A. Obviously, we love Sean O'Sullivan and the Two One A, but. Uh, we're, I think we're gonna, we've outgrown the two one. Oh, yeah. We can't do we're it. We're taking over the a, whole place. We need a yeah. bigger place, and we're gonna have live music at this year's anniversary show. Cold Hot Crash is our headlining awesome. band, and uh, you guys know they kick ass. So they're gonna be there, and I've got a couple of other uh, music ideas that are gonna be coming to mind. So uh, fear not, I've got a couple more surprises for you as far as the entertainment. That's but where we're the gonna insane be, part comes. That's then. the insane part. But we're gonna be broadcasting from the Bistro in Hayward. It's gonna be a, a good gig. There's going to be no cover to get in, of course. That's the way we roll. You're just going to come out and have a party with us. And uh, Bart is literally two blocks away. And I talked to the guy. His name's Vic. You've seen him on, or you've heard him on the show before. Vic from the Bistros come on here. He's a really cool guy. He likes a good party. He's stoked to have us there. And I told him that I'm really big on uh, designated drivers. I really hate it when people, um, you know, drink and drive. And that was a big thing of mine and why we got the limo that we puked in last year when we left. You uh, bumped it. Bumped him. You bumped him. You bumped him in my limo. Uh, so this year we are two <laughs> blocks away from the BART, and Vic is big on the uh, designated driver thing too. So we're actually going to give you a bonus if you show us your BART ticket. If you take BART to the anniversary show, you get your first beer for a buck. Nice, you get awesome. a one dollar beer, any and it, beer you want. It, it is BART close. If you if you come in, you fly in, and you stay in the city, yeah, and you do like the whole San Francisco thing, yeah, you can BART right to this place. This is perfect for those of you who are flying from all over, just like Doc said. Because because uh, you're going to come here. You're not. I don't want you to have to rent a car and spend any more money than you've already spent uh, to get here. It really is so. Uh, Bart is our. Oh, I guess we should say what the hell Bart is. We keep saying Bart. Bay Bart's area. our. It's Rapid our subway. Transit. It's our train. It's our subway. That's all it is. And uh, it's going to get you right to the venue from your hotel. It's going to be a piece of cake for everybody. And I think actually, Doc, the way I'm going to work out how our setup this year, we actually may be able to take Bart too and not have to drive there. I think we might do that as well. Because how would I, that work? Well, I want to encourage. <laughs> I want to encourage people to take it not just for designated drivers, but for the environmental prowess of taking public transportation. You know, I'm into that. I'm a big geek about that, and I want us all to take it, too. So I'm going to try to get everybody from the Brewing Network to get on BART also. Oh, that'll be fun. uh, I can have my wife drop me off there and say... See you later. That's not what I just, just said. Bring your oh, drop you off at the BART? Yes. Yeah, drop me uh, off at the BART. Yes, and then, and then you take the train. And yeah. We take the train yeah. there, and then we come back up. Yeah. I, I'm your problem. So bring your BART <laughs> uh, Doc, <laughs> not only am I used to it, but I welcome it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, bring your Bark ticket. We're going to give you your first beer for a buck, and I think that's real cool of Vic that's, to do. That's uh, pretty neat, man. I like and that. so now we can all go and just get trashed at the anniversary party and not have to worry too much about it. So yeah, then we're going to have we're going to have Bart calling us up saying, uh, "Hello, you uh, vomped him in my you vomped in my Bart." <laughs> no, because everybody vomits on Bart, so Vomped we're them. fine, man. H two, you coming butt. back out for the anniversary party? Yeah, you are. You gonna dad a boy? Definitely. All right, so we and we it's got only a lot in of Texas, man. <laughs> it's not that far. We got a lot of people coming out for that. So those are my two big announcements. It is at the Bistro in Hayward. You can go to the bistrocom if you kind of want to check it out. There's not too much about the venue there, but it talks about their upcoming shows and things like that. And he's really a he's a beer a craft beer friendly guy. He travels all over the country to talk to craft brewers and get their beer in there. So he's always got a great selection. He does great beer festivals, and we're going to be bringing in some local craft brewers uh, kind of specialty kegs. They're gonna they're gonna get involved, and uh, I got several more surprises to announce over the over the coming weeks about the anniversary party, and we're getting real excited about it around here. So I hope you are. Too. Awesome. It's going to be good. Awesome. Awesome. It's going to be very good. And right now, we know that Cold Hot Crash is our headliner, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to have two more really good entertainment surprises for you that I think you're going to be stoked about. So just hang in there, everybody, and over the coming weeks, I'll keep announcing uh, different things. He's teasing again. About the anniversary. Teasing. That's what we got to do. All right. Last couple of questions. You got a phone call still. Oh, I do? Yeah. It's a drunk of the week call, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a good one. I don't know if I'm ready. I was feeling real good. <laughs> yeah. We should get that girl back in. Here. We get that. Yeah, she the, smells really we get pretty. The smell good back in. Yeah, the smell good. She's an air freshener. That's Brian, can you get her it. back in here? Uh, hey, Zymergist, are you calling in for drunk of the week now? Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, cool. Uh, hey, I just wanted to ask you: Are, are you the haggis? <laughs> because when I kill you, I'd really rather prefer to make you into haggis than yeah. anything else. Uh, we will eat your stomach. I got us. <laughs> well, I, I want to say first thing. You know, yeah. I rode Bart the first time it ever ran. Went under the bay. The lights went out, and we were in total pitch black darkness for about fifteen twenty minutes. I'll bet you were screaming like a little girl. Sounds like Jason's. Wait, uh, did you say you rode it the first time it ever ran? Nineteen seventy one. Wow, we just got a little glimpse into Zymerge's life. Nineteen seventy one. He's like a century old. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I was uh, stationed at Hamilton Air Force Base. So did did you scream like a little girl? No. What I did was I told everybody to shut the fuck up, or I'd start (laughs) eating them. <laughs> Slapping people, get well, calm, that's what baby. I, had to do. I mean, I was in uniform, and everybody else was like panicking. And I know they're looking at you like, to be like to save the day, up, and you threatened eating them. <laughs> I know. Listen, I gotta say real quick. So Zymer just—he's been around for a uh, while. He, pardon me. He's <laughs> he's in our forum, and he hangs out in the Jamil show a lot and stuff. Yeah. And I can't figure him out hey, because. Go, 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 go. Wait, hang on. Shut up for a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, I put you on mute, Zymergist, so hang in there, buddy. Because uh, he can do that. Because I really like Zymergist, but I can't figure him out because half the time he's yeah. kind of a nutcase yeah. and even kind of a dick. Yeah. And then the other half of the time, he's awesome. Like he's a really cool kind of a forum listener. And like and, the whole thing. and I don't know. I haven't figured out yet if he's one of my favorite guys who I hangs really out think that, or my least favorite. No, that really bounces off your Prozac level. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because really, like, so he's like really one of the nicest guys out there. Yeah. But then he says things that freak me out. 
like, shut up or I'm going to eat you. Or I'm going to eat you. And then I'm like, I don't know how to take this guy. Yeah. All right, you're back uh, on the air, Zyra. Just, I'm sorry, I just had to get that out because... Uh, that's cool, that's cool, brother. I mean, sometimes I'm a little, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Hammered? Uh, Manic depressive, you know. Wow. Are you on medication? Uh... Well, uh, self-medication. It's a yes or no oh. question. Uh, you know, I love the, uh... <laughs> it's a yes or no question. Yeah, because eating people is considered medication. <laughs> I will say this, Zymer just has been brewing for a long time. He helps out a local brew, home yeah. brew shop up there in Oregon. and He's, he's got a lo- lot of good input on the good, forums. He Which does. One? He has great input. Um, what homebrew shop are you with up there? Uh, I'm working over at F.H. Dimebark, the oldest homebrew shop in yeah. America. Was that F.H. Dimebag? Is that what you said? Dimebark. Dimebark. Just come out of your ears. Whoa. <laughs> you see what I'm wow. saying? Yeah. He goes, he goes, right out of left field. Yeah. He goes from like really nice to I'm going to cut your head off. And like as like. Uh, Bug Eater no, 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 is no, no, saying. Yeah, we're going up to Portland. Bug Eater is saying that Zymer just is a past uh, Ninkasi winner. Have you won Ninkasi before, Zymergist? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Before it was important. Before it was important. Before it. Before it. Before anybody else was in the running. I actually made it up. All your imagination. I kind of want to replace Crazy Jack with Crazy Zymergist. Yes, I think so too. Zymergist, hey, if you were behind me, would you rub my shoulders or move? One of the two. I got a pertinent question. I mean, you know, hey, I was a chiropractor for fifteen years. I got a pertinent question. Do you have a puppet? Uh, yes, I do. Then you're in, baby. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a marionette. I, uh, you know what? I bet it's... <laughs> oh, I like the one with strings. Yeah. I guarantee you that Zymer's puppet is made out of human skin. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. <laughs> His grandfather, Ed Gein, left it to him. <laughs> one covets what one wants. <laughs> All right, man. He gave it to me because he was the big mention of the family. <laughs> All right, you've got drunk of the week so far. It's uh, it's in your hands, my brother. All right, God bless you, mate. Cheers, man. <laughs> I'm sending you some haggis for sure today, eh? All right, that sounds good. Thanks, man. He can do voices about as good as Jack too. <laughs> uh, people are saying that he's like a medical doctor. I know. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Saying. Is he he's really like, a medical? He's doctor? like a credible guy who's a total fucking nutcase. No, he's been brewing for so long that he can't be a nutcase. Really? Yeah. He's considered He's been brewing longer than me. And uh, as far as I already know, he's he's a medical doctor, too. I'm not convinced, man. I think he's a nut. Well, we know we're, we're going to have to meet him. You think he just Not at that people? studio, though. Can we meet him, like, in Oregon? Like, I'm uh, not going to yeah. invite him yeah, over. No, we're, no, we're going to go up there. <laughs> okay. I have friends in Oregon. We'll stay there. Crazy, we won't stay at Zymerge's house. We'll Crazy Jack comes in here today, and he goes, uh, hey, so I got this guy I just met. Uh, he wants to become part of the Dose Club, and he really wants to come over to the show. So I told him I'd bring him. And I was like, no, you're not going to. Don't bring random people to yeah. the studio, right, man. The, what do you well, think's going is, on around not here? not the Dose Club. No. I was like, do not bring random freaks to the studio. <laughs> we have enough freaks. We have enough. And then I said, does he have a vagina? <laughs> does he smell pretty? Yeah, because that would change things. Yeah. <laughs> is, is he a she? Yeah. Is it the crying shame? What other questions do I have? Good Lord, we're getting off topic. Huh? Uh, here, someone asked a question. Um, all right, you got to put your thinking cap on, Doc. Uh-oh. Okay. There's some competition coming up. I've whatever the, some of it. Whatever the competition is, it's in September, October. What does okay? that mean? All right. When is a good time to start a peach bourbon beer? <laughs> what's, what's the base beer? I don't oh. know. 
November. Uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. November. All right. Well, it really depends on what the base beer is. If you're going to do, be doing a lager, you want to do it uh, July. If you're going to do um, a stout, which a lot of, or a porter, which a lot of people do a uh, bourbon with, um, September is probably fine. So you need a couple of months to let it. it, it if it's going to be a a, a peach ro- bourbon, though, I mean that's if it's going to be a peach bourbon robust porter, you're going to want it to uh, age more months than uh, uh, less. Pretty much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. H, I hope uh, you oh, can ask someone else that question. Good lord. Okay, let's try. I petered out one. on that one. Sorry. When entering a me, <laughs> I just wanted to finish that question. I just got a, a PM from Sean O'Sullivan. He's in the airport. Zymer just apparently wants to meet him at the airport, and Sean's very afraid and doesn't know what to do. Sean, be afraid. <laughs> do not meet Zymer just at the airport. Does Sean have latex. Does Sean- <laughs> he wants to bring Sean a quote growler. Mm. I don't know what that is. Is it a Portland growler? It's that's different. I think it's a human blood growler. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think too. It's a skin growler. A growler uh, of what? Hey, Doc, what would be a good base beer for a peach bourbon ale? A beer. porter. A porter. I, 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 I would go. I would love to have a peach, peach, peach bourbon porter. Okay, that'd be good. All right. When entering a mead, and they asked mead or wine, but did you say ass? They uh, they axed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, token. (laughs) When entering a mead, would you use a real cork or a synthetic cork? Like, what what should you do? You know, it's a valid. Uh, It depends on storage quality. Some meads don't want to be hung around for a long time, and and some have to. (laughs) No, no, it's like. So, what is the better closure? I've I've had some people. Oh, I, I saved your mead, dude. That should have been drank a year ago. That was not meant to be saved. And other people is like, I've tried your mead. It was pretty good. And they go, well, that, that's a that's a two year mead. So it depends on what what it is and what strength and what 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 you're trying to go for. Okay. Uh, and it all goes into what oxy- oxygen is going to come into it. So. All right. Uh, what does it take to really shine in the specialty category? Because that's it. That's Randy a good question, actually. Balance. Just yeah. a balance. Word. Balance. Yeah. So don't, as crazy as the beer may be, it still has to be balanced. Don't be. Don't kick anybody's ass. And anything that you put in a beer, you're you're shooting for balance. If you if you read the style guides for specialties, no matter what you put in it, it's got to be to balance with the other characteristics of the beer you you can't just blow someone over with a lot of peach flavor right. you know it's 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 got it's got to be a drinkable quality beer as as has already been said uh, several times case in point I, I made a saison and i put way too much ginger in it <laughs> out of balance it, it, it was it was out of balance so much ginger so what did i do Am I going to throw that beer away? No absolutely not uh, i brewed a uh, i basically i brewed a belgian single Mm-hmm. And I blended it, nice, and let it let it mellow. Worked out great. As um, a saison, still, yeah, uh, or or a farmhouse ale, sure, and, and it worked out really well. So don't throw away just because you overdid something. Uh, brew something else to tone that down. Mm-hmm. Blending is a beautiful t- technique. Yes, it worked great. All right. 
We're getting the hell out of here. I got two things left to do for you. Uh, let me. Re- I want to read you Mike McDowell. We talked about him earlier in the show. He's a great brewer, one of our, our local brewing heroes around here, especially if you're a hophead. He wanted to come to the show today, but he had something else doing, so he felt real bad about it, and he sent us a list of things that he felt was important to uh, brewing a competition beer and to entering competitions. And I think it's actually a great summary of a few things that you guys should keep in mind. So... He uh, he wrote in to he's me. He's a man of f- few words. He's too. a man of few words, and he wrote me a whole thing about how to do it. So I was actually real pleased to get it. Oh yeah, it. and I Definitely. read I read through it before the show, and I thought he did a fantastic job. So he just wanted to say, I'm sorry I can't make the show today. I had some plans that have been planned for a while, but I did want to make a contribution to the show. So for what it's worth, I humbly offer these tips. And here's his tips. The recipe, equipment, and methods you use to brew beer for competition should be the same recipes, equipment, and methods that you use to brew all year long. The competition beer is the culmination of brewing perfection, not the beginning of it. And we mentioned that earlier in the show. Don't change everything because you're about to do a, a competition beer. I think that's an excellent point that everything you do all year long should be used to, to brew a beer for competition. So... Uh, that's his first one. That's a good one. Second, uh, brew the beers that you plan to enter according to a schedule that will optimize the freshness, aging, and or hop impact of each beer at the time of judging. So that's another great one. A lot of beers, they want to sit around for a while, and that's when they reach their peak. But certain really hoppy beers, your IPAs and stuff, Vinny will tell you uh, quite often from Russian River, man, you want that hop flavor to be fresh yeah, and nice. Last. And don't go ahead and keep that stuff around for too long because it turns into cardboard and staleness real quick. So right. I think that's a great one. And, and and look at your beer and look at the style and listen to the shows that we've done and figure out which beers need to, to hang around for, for what amount of time. So I think that's a good one. His third tip, uh, fermentation is where the beer is. So make sure you understand the fermentation process and what's going on with each of your fermentations. Great advice there, folks. If you listen to any of our shows, you're going to hear that. Next, don't ignore the importance of a style-appropriate level of carbonation. That generally means that the beer needs to be slightly over-carbonated to allow for the pressure to last, uh, allow for the pressure that's lost during bottling or maybe when it's sitting on there. Um, little disclaimer, be careful with that. Like Doc said, if the, if the optimum carbonation is 2.6, you're only talking about 2.7 to right. to make it good for competition, you don't not go three. By, don't want to go 2.9 to yeah. 3.0 because it's going to be. They're going to think, oh, gusher, and they're going to mark you down. Yeah, but pay attention, and it goes by style. So so find out what your carbonation level should be. Uh, here's a really good one that he offered. Uh, don't fall in love with your own beer. Some judges can give you great advice for making your beer better, but you have to be listening to it. And that's a really good oh, one. Oh, yeah. You send in this beer that you think is just the shit. It's everything that you ever wanted a beer to be, and that's fine. I'm glad you're happy with it. But all your neighbors are loving it, too. Oh, you brew the best yeah. beer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But pay attention to the comments that you get. And he'll go on to say that not all comments are great comments. You're going to be able to weed out the judges who didn't know what they're talking about. But if four judges give you a sheet that, that talk about improvements on the beer that you just thought was perfect, you know, don't fall in love with your own beer. Listen. Well, most hobbies, you know, if you're brewing to uh, please your neighbors, yeah, you're gonna always you're, you're gonna please them. You're gonna be great. But most hobbies are to get a little bit better. Yes, every time you're gonna you're gonna get a little bit better, and you have to have some feedback to do that. Uh, my my 
uh, hobby for a while was photography, and I had to have feedback to tell me, oh, don't do this and do this. Uh, most people love my photography, but I had to have the feedback. So don't fall in love with your own thing. A great piece of advice from Mike McToll there. All right, he goes on to say, and we tackled this in the show too, find the competitions that you know to have the best judging. You're going to get information from the judges, and it's not always correct, he says. So uh, that's what I was saying earlier. Ask around and find out what kind of feedback people got and, and, and enter those competitions. Uh, his next one, don't assume that the bottle, I read this earlier, don't assume that the bottles you purchased magically got to you without getting dirty. Always PBW those bottles with a, with a bottle brush before sanitizing and filling. There's and it, always that web thing about uh, rat urine, oh. running around on bottles and oh. tops of cans Perfect. and yeah, everything. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Oh. If I think about that, I never want to drink another beer out of <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's the tops of cans mostly. Okay. They, they piss on the tops of cans. and, and oh. yeah. But not the quality cans from the 21st Amendment. Exactly. <laughs> located at 563 2nd Avenue. Yeah. And if you just pop that Water, top and like, suck it off of that, what are you doing? Yeah. What the hell? And he also says that doing the PBW thing and then uh, and then brushing them and sanitizing really makes them shine, too. And we talked about making those bottles look good. So that's an interesting point. It's only three points, right? Okay, here's, yeah. here is a controversial point that he makes, and uh, I want you to take it with all the other information we gave you today, and I want you to make your own decision, because, uh, you know, not everybody uh, speaks the gospel around here. He says, counter-pressure bottle fillers and beer guns are a waste of time. Just fill and cap a tilted, cold, CO2-flushed bottle with a picnic tap. It works for me. And I don't get beer on the ceiling, <laughs> which can happen with the counterpressure stuff. Now, everybody here on the show today said use a counterpressure filler if at all possible. And we said if you can't, it's all right to, you know, purge your bottle with CO2 and just pour it in there. Here's a guy who does really well in competitions, uh, who says uh, he doesn't believe in him. Go ahead and just, uh, fill it up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, you, you t- no talent hack. <laughs> you be the judge. You guys gotta do your own, uh, your own uh, tests. You know what I mean? No, he has a lot to say with that one. It's whatever works for you. Yeah. Uh, I've always done counter pressure. It yeah. always worked for me. Yeah. This works for him. That's right. And in our show today, like we said a few times, we're just trying to stack the deck in your favor. So in, in that light, we say use a counter pressure filler to stack the deck. Uh, if you're real uh, yeah. clean and careful, maybe if you don't you're have a gadget to. guy, yeah. get a counter pressure filler. You you will just love yourself yeah. because you know you, you're gadgeting. That's right. All right, his last bit of advice and possibly the most important, and he says, and maybe more importantly, relax, don't worry, and have the recreational drugs of your choice. Have a great show. That's from uh, Mike McDowell. So a uh, little little alteration on the great Charlie P. quote. <laughs> and it works for Mike. <laughs> uh, and actually, I, I really think that that was a great summary of a lot of the things that we talked about. Uh, we're going to be doing part two of this homebrew competition show in two weeks. And uh, I'd like you to send us some homebrew because we're going to have a few BJCP judges in here. And we're going to talk about different things. We're going to really just evaluate beer, talk about flaws we find in them. 
them, what we think caused them, how to fix those things, and really get you some good information about that. So if you want to send your beer into the show, send me an email, justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, I'll give you the address. I'll tell you how to send it. Send and, all your uh, beer to me. We'll do some. You've got two weeks to do it, and we'd really like to, to be able to get some good judging out there, especially if you know you're going to enter some of these competitions, um, then send us the beer that you're going to enter because we'll give you a good preliminary competition, uh, uh, preliminary evaluation about that before you send it. With that, let me give you a few uh, homebrew competition dates. The National Homebrew Comp is upon us. It's the 29th annual AHA National Homebrew Competition, and the entry deadline is between April 2nd and April 13th. So you need to go to beertown.org or your local homebrew shop or your local homebrew club, um, and you need to find out where your region, it's it's all uh, mapped out by regions, and every region needs to send their beer to a particular place. Um, and whatever the date is, it's between April 2nd and April 13th. So go to beertown.org and find out where you need to send your beer to make sure that you're in the national homebrew competition, and that's that's the one to be in, folks. Yeah, if... if- you're only sending your beer in. That's the time to get in. But uh, check the website. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go to it, uh, we're all going to be there. So uh, yeah, we're going to be check there, us yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to mention the long shot competition from Samuel Adams is up. Yeah, up, I, up I just heard that it's coming up again. That's right. It's already here again. I mean, we just got again. The, yeah, we just got the beers uh, on the shelf from the last one. As a matter of fact, and uh, I know it's just like, oh, we're around again. I, I was reading that on the internet. And yeah. It's like, Whoa. We're the back. long shot competition is that Sam Adams competition, and if you win, oh. and there's a few winners. I think there was. Uh, Three, three. I don't think there was no. five. There was either three Way or go, four maybe. the last time, and um, well, there were two. Uh, I thought it was three and three. Two homebrewers and then one. Ah, well, three homebrewers and then one, and then one uh, that works for Sam right. Adams. That's right. right. One right. employee. So there's four winners, and if you win, uh, Sam Adams will actually brew your beer commercially and distribute it in their uh, sampler pack that they do, uh, and they did it this year. And it's a really cool competition. Jim Cook. If you go back into our archives, look up Sam Adams or look up Jim Cook, and you'll find the interview with him uh you know he really does it to to, to promote the whole thing and uh of course it's good for sam adams too it's, sure uh, let's it's face good it. for everybody in the beer but it's community. good for everybody around so it's a good competition the entry deadline uh here is the quote right from their website and you can go to samueladams.com to find all this information but uh here's what they say the four you have to send four bottles and the four bottles of your brew along with the entry form must be received not sent, but received at the appropriate site between Sunday, April fifteenth, and Tuesday, May first. So you got 15th, so tax yeah. day and recovery day. Yeah, that's right. April fifteenth and Tuesday, May first. All right, so that's your uh, entry deadline for the for the long shot competition that's coming up. We've got the uh, oh Southern my, my. California uh, Homebrew Championship that we promoted last year. I'm going to give you some information about that next week. Good. That's a competition that's coming up as well. I'd like you BNers to get ready for that. We had a good showing last year, and I'd like to do the same. So are we a club? This year. Well, you know, we are a club. I entered it, but we haven't shown up on the thing. I still got to contact whoever it is that's going to take care of that for us and get us up there. They had some glitches in the... In the site, and we got lost we'll in the mix. So, but we are a club. You're allowed we'll to enter our out. name as a club. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, don't worry, Justin. no problem. We'll work it out. We'll work that out. 
Did I miss anything? Next week, Pete Schlossberg. 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 I'll figure out how to say it exactly it by the time he comes in. Uh, by the time he comes in next week. Uh, Pete from Wicked Ale, from Pete's Wicked Ale is our guest next week. It's going to be a great show. That'll be awesome. I'm excited about that. Uh, sign up for our newsletter because it'll be coming out soon. It's Schwartzbeer. Short, short, Ken Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> it's preforming. <laughs> Want to do the, uh, the the horse shock test? No, he asked me what about that. Is? People didn't know how to get there. <laughs> I, I'm I'm working him, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever want to do a show without you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you look over here. You look over here like you're looking for me, yeah. and I hate not to be here. Uh, I hate it. I hate it when you're not here, man. Uh, uh, conversely, his wife loves it. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. Uh, shirts and podcasts are available on the Brewing Network store. We're almost out of shirts. And oh, that I'll reminds me. I have to get two shirts tonight. Can I, I get that? I don't know if I have that. It depends on the size. Uh, large and extra large. No, mm. right, right, medium and extra large. No, medium and large. <laughs> medium and large is good. Good. <laughs> we'll have a look and see what I've got. i got to send out a few tonight, actually. Yeah, go in the mail tomorrow. Uh, hey, buy Brew Your Own Magazine if you haven't already. You can click on the link from our site, and it helps out the Brewing Network if you just click that link. Uh, uh, we get a little uh, commission if you order your Brew Your Own Magazine. It's a damn good magazine like. anyway, so I wouldn't put it on there if it wasn't. I like the magazine. I have every yeah. issue. I uh, Rest assured, I'm not going to bring you advertisers that I'm not behind. So uh, yeah, go ahead and buy Brew Your Own. Yeah, until I'm about to get kicked out of my house, uh, evicted, uh, so to speak. Um, yeah, so get your Brew Your Own magazine through our website. Uh, don't be afraid to click those Google ads. It won't hurt you, and it helps us. I did that the other day. What? Did you click my Google ads? I did Thanks, three buddy. times. I used to do it myself. He's and not working or anything. He sent me a notice. <laughs> when I'm trying to get away from work. Yeah. Like, like eight take to a five. last call before we Let's go? take a last call. What the hell? What's up, caller? JP, I love your biscuits. I love you, Push. Who doesn't? Oh, my God. Hey, Push, who's the band I played earlier that you sent me? The Liver Lovers or something. The Poxy Boggards. The Poxy Boggards. Push, uh, I I played you guys that song earlier about the dude who doesn't like beer, and Push actually did all the, uh, uh, mixing of that. uh, Yeah, I mixed the last few records of theirs. Push, did you, did you get my email? Well, which one? Uh, the one I sent you? So send me the one about, uh, the banjo part on the first part of the, uh, five o'clock show. Oh, no, I haven't gotten that yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I said a uh, uh, PM on. Hi, one. Scott. How you doing? <laughs> push. What you, I look over. Name? Yeah, you push, doing all right? push sent us a pizza tonight. He's he following us, in the weekly I'm pizza at that, tradition. I'm looking at that pizza. And uh, hey, thanks, brother. The only thing that could be smell smell better than a girl is pizza. Is pizza. So push, you know, H two says to say hi. We're gonna be chowing down on pizza here in a little while. Thanks. Oh, uh, you're welcome. I'm concerned. I want to make sure the station keeps going. Yeah, it's a good. And he'll idea. be in Anaheim tomorrow. I'm withering away to nothing. H two, you're going to be down south, huh? All Anaheim, right. baby. Someone, someone pointed out. Uh, I very think H two is going to be down south tonight. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easy. Make sure you shave. Someone very observantly pointed out that uh, Doc seems to be channeling H two. <laughs> yeah. yes. I push. Can you send me a uh, 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 email? I can do that. Thank you. You bet. Just it does. Just whatever you want to say in it is fine. <laughs> yeah, um, just, uh, just send him an email. Hey, what's up? Man? I'll deal with it after that. Bit? Okay. Yeah. yeah, you got it. I just has need it, a contact. Has it, been, has it been a while since Doc's been like this? Uh, kind he's, of Doc's sloshing? fine. Uh, Doc's good tonight. No, he's he's slurring a little bit. I, I think it's, it's been, been a couple it, weeks. Look, it's a three-hour show. What do you want? Yeah. 
Give a man a break. He's not, not that on you, man. I've had no meat. Yeah, give him Whoa. a fucking break, JP. What the hell? <laughs> what, you get mod powers in the well, chat room and all of a sudden you're... I will kick everyone out, I swear to Christ. <laughs> There's been no bacon in the studio. Yeah, we <laughs> There's a lot of bacon here, baby. Anything else, Push? No, I got nothing to say. All right, hey, thanks, brother. All right, guys, have a good one. See you, man. Uh, all right, let's get out of here, huh? <sighs> think the girl's still here? <laughs> I think so. We'll find her. <laughs> <laughs> Go <laughs> okay. Let's go, please. All right. Next week, uh, Pete's wicked ale guy is going to be with us, <laughs> and then the week after that, part two of the competition show. We got Jamil coming in here, and oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm already out of the chat. Let's go. H two. Thanks for all the beer, man. It's good stuff. We're going to go away and drink all that. A bunch of sours and a bunch of good Russian River stuff. i got to get Vinny back in here. I want him to do a sour beer show with us. I think we're going to do that soon. With the puppet. Hey, uh, thanks to you listeners out there. You sent in a bunch of good questions today. You posted in the forum questions, too. I appreciate that, and that's what keeps the show going. So, Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, or if you want to send feedback that gets read during the beginning of each week's show, send it to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I'll read it if it's not stupid or if it makes fun of JP. I'll, I'll definitely read Just it. Just read it if it's stupid. There were a lot of good questions in the chat. I was actually really impressed. A lot of good questions uh, today. Everybody did a good job, and I'm going to try to get a chick in there so that it does, there's not so much testosterone, uh, and we don't, don't have to listen like to... don't like it when I to the chat room for you? How does that go, JP? Hello? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think that was the gay German. That has nothing to do with testosterone. Maybe yes. <laughs> He's still questioning himself. <laughs> I'm very confused. Oh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.